welcome to another episode of Zeno Chat. I'm Tyler, one of the hosts, along with uh, Justin. How's it going, guys? And welcome back to another episode. All right, and this is uh, our part two of uh, uh, getting a newcomer into the Zeno series. But first, uh, let's talk about uh, our returning guests. So we have Nick. Hey, Robin. My body hurts. And our guinea pig, I mean, newest guest, uh, Cilantro. Yes, I'm the guinea pig. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Sold it. (laughs) So, last episode, we basically went into uh, Cilantro's uh, views of the Zeno series uh, and what they thought of uh, Xenogears, Xenosaga, Xenoblade, and prepping them for the, ultimately, for the Xenosaga anime. So, uh, you forgot to mention that was absorbed through just being in this chat for the past six months. <laughs> this is true. I came here by life. accident. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's and I guess I'm not leaving now. Nope, it is too I mean, late. I'm in too deep. Practically, <laughs> physically stuck here. You cannot escape. You could have left at any moment. Just saying. <laughs> but I didn't. Nope. Because COVID-19. No. <laughs> yes. COVID-19 prevents you from uh, isolating yourself from your social groups on Discord. No. Because you if, you do, if you join like a new Discord server, you're going to spread the COVID from the previous Discord server to the new one. I mean, let's be honest, guys. Without voice chat pretty much every night in March, I'm pretty sure half of us would have lost it. I mean, yeah, but, like, that's not a fun topic. Moving <laughs> onward. Well, what is a fun topic is watching a fun anime like Xenosaga. Am I right? This what was a word. Much, I feel like I should just heads up this will be a lot more cohesive and coherent than the uh, watch episode. The watch oh, episode yeah. was basically backseat screaming from everybody. But, it, like, we kind of just recorded that while we were all just bullshitting in a room anyways. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it was kind of understood that it wasn't going to be coherent. No, I mean, not that being... one. I mean, like, when we were actually watching it, it was basically everybody backseat screaming. Mm. Oh, no, I was talking about our, our official episode. Yeah. Which was still backseat screaming. It was fun, though. It was, it was fun. fun. It was a blast to record. Horrible oh, yeah, to that. listen to. Should we redo this whole segment? <laughs> no, we keep going. We okay. This. <laughs> Too late to take it back All right. now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. All right. So before we get into that, uh, let's talk about some news. There's not a whole, whole, whole lot of news. I know we some of us started getting our Cosmos figures in the mail. Mine is still on its way, but oh. I know... Tyler got his, HK got hers. I think Nick also got his too, and yeah, so did I, David. Yes. I looked outside my spaceship, and she was tapping on my window, threatening to break in. So yeah, I got it. <laughs> I had to bring her in. God, she is what you, just gorgeous. My God, I yeah. I was uh, gonna say, like, what do you guys think of it? Like the build quality and all the details on it, because it looks beautiful from pictures. But I can only imagine what it looks like actually having her. The details are amazing. Like, there's some writing on her that I swear whoever, like, did art in the Book of Tales probably put on there because I've never, I've, I've not seen much words that were actually words 
printed on a thing. Yeah, that it's small. so <laughs> yeah, it's so tiny, but you can still read it out. It's it's impressive the detail that they went through. That's awesome. And I love that they keep making these. I know we got the Melia one coming in the near future, and I cannot wait to see what they do with that too. I yeah, I'm definitely wait. Can't wait to see what the mold looks like. For Is that. there any like weird writing on the box? Like I remember this when the siren kit came out. There was like weird lore that was on the box. That was a, <laughs> I think that was actually an insert for that box, if I remember correctly. Which I mean, I have it, so I could look at it. Really. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see any kind of strange writing on the box i mean it's a be- actually a beautiful box I, it's kind of i don't want to throw it away because it's actually a beautiful box but no there wasn't any type of like writing or lore or anything on it i already have a big enough problem throwing away my boxes so yeah. oh yeah and that's always a pain in the ass i like to keep boxes for figures because like it's sometimes it's good to keep the extra parts especially for nendoroids but I know for some of those bigger figures, oh, those yeah. boxes are huge, and they can take up a lot of space. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it again. There doesn't seem to be anything like... and There doesn't seem to be any like little Easter egg kind of writings or anything I can figure out on the box. Mm. It's pretty yeah. cool pictures, but a couple of warnings, you know, stuff like that. Teeth new Cosmos lore. Yes. But she does have it. You can uh, swap out her visor, and I haven't done that yet. But I haven't either. I love the visor switch, especially since the visor actually has like the um, like the eye on it. Kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of like the Zohar eye from Gears. But I uh, just like her face is too pretty. I want to keep it that it, way for a exactly. While I She's got it. a pretty face. So, what accessories do you get again? Is it just the visor and the two Zohar guns? Uh, the Zohar guns don't actually even come off of her arms. Like they're yeah, they're attached. Like they're, to her oh, they're attached. Arms. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like you can tell they're kind of like you can tell they were molded separately, but they are stuck there. You would break the figure trying to pull them off. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that was one of the things I was concerned with because I figured like if you could detach them, I wonder <laughs> if it was easy to just break the arm. Uh, you can detach the arms a lot easier than you can detach the gun. Mm. One thing that I did find interesting that I didn't even think about, like in the in game art, was that those guns. Um, there's not like a left-handed or a right-handed one. They kind of they they definitely have one side that has like a outstanding part that is facing a direction, and they both face the same direction. So it it's not like oh the the left-handed one has this part facing inward, and the right-handed one has this part facing inward too it's like they both have it facing the same direction and i was like oh i did not even see that nor consider that being a thing so if she dropped her guns and mixed them up she could just yeah pick them out up without having to figure out this is the left one this is the right one pretty much although i think she could technically like flip one over i don't i don't know it looks like they have handles on both sides anyway so Well, we can figure that one out for another episode. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. deep lore episode. Which way does Zohar gun face? All right, and at the time of this recording, uh, Malasat. Well, I think it was yeah yesterday specifically, or maybe the day before. Malasat turned twenty-one years old. 
It was on the first, so two okay, days ago. Thank you. Yeah. Happy they birthday. So they can legally drink in the U.S. Nice. Yeah. Yes. They can get a Bartweiser. Yeah. Hmm. Now they can be the boozers. Bonsai, bonsai. Old enough to get into the Iron Man bar. Well, on that note, we can segue into the main topic, which is, well, we all f- re-watched the Xenosaga anime, and we watched it with Cilantro, so Cilantro got to see the anime. They've never played Saga, but uh, this is really the first time they're exposed to Saga Beyond just hearing us talk about it through the and Discord. That one time where I got to watch the ending of episode three with no context. Yes. So other than those, Sancho didn't really know quite what to get, what like they were getting themselves into by watching this. And uh, yeah, it's been a time. It was the first time I've watched the anime in years. Like at least like not in mm-hmm. full. Yes, we had the Katakan party, but I don't remember anything that happened that night, and I don't think anybody <laughs> else does either. That was actually but, uh, my first time I remember seeing the whole thing. Really? Oh. Yeah, I mean, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I only saw the first two episodes of the Katakan party. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah wow. that was that was actually my first time watching it too. And let me tell you, wait, that anime was about Xenosaga. <laughs> that is a very valid thing to say. It's. Yeah, I like, I don't know what the hell to say about that that anime. <laughs> it's just like there's so much about it that just makes me face palm. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's with like being somebody who has context for it. So I'm sure you can all imagine how Solanto felt watching these episodes <laughs> beyond huh? all of the screaming. <laughs> <laughs> how oh, did you feel? <laughs> um. Remember the the morning after we had all of that um, ridiculous anime drama after the 12th episode, I wrote, Hey, remember how disappointed you felt? I think the only anime that's ever done that to me was that one time where I got a um, record of Lotus War from one of my parents who found it miraculously in a um, a library sale for five bucks. I watched that whole anime when I was 12. I had no context for it, and I was. by the time I got to the end, I'm like, what the fuck just happened here? There was no... There was no introduction of terms. There was barely any introduction of characters. The plot line abruptly ended at episode 15 and then went off in a completely different direction, and then it ended with no conclusion. I felt ripped off. Sounds like a D&D game. That's actually um, pretty much what happened. Um, I I went to look it up um, later, and then I realized, hey, wait a minute, the the anime that my parent got me was actually um, technically the anime that finished the previous anime that I haven't actually watched. So it's like the unofficial season two. So I watched season two with, of Record of Lotus War with no context, and so I'm not surprised that I was so disappointed by how anticlimactic it was. Xenosaga, I was disappointed by for slightly different reasons, but mostly boiling down to the same. Mm. No introduction of characters worth a damn. Um, no definition of terms. Just plowing through plot points without actually taking a breath to be like, hey, this is why it's significant. The character arcs 
what character arcs, there were no character arcs, we just saw people doing stuff. In a fixed amount of time. If they really wanted this anime to do something, they needed to figure out who their audience was and tailor that particular plotline to fit something a lot larger than the space they were given. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Yeah. I think Absolutely. so. Absolutely. Yeah. To me, I was kind of thinking like, oh, this is like connect the dots exposition drops of things that you need to read a lot of external or, you know, play a lot no, of external stuff no, to even no. understand the start of. <laughs> no, that would be the live action version of a Full Metal Alchemist anime. Which I have not watched, so I don't know. Don't! It's bad. I've not watched the live action. I, I should say I've watched the anime. I love that anime, but I've not watched the live action version. The, the live action version is attempting to do all 200 chapters in the span of 90 minutes. Wow, that's that sounds terrible. Um, so, just kind of a slight aside. I know we had said, no, we don't want to read the episode synopses. I'm reading the episode synopses, and I'm going to disagree with you that you really want to hear these. Oh. Is it better than my episode synopsis that I gave over dinner? Uh, uh, it's different. It, it, but I, I just think we should take a moment to appreciate what it says on wikipedia for the episode synopsis okay, go for it. So i think as we yeah. go we should do that but i will wait till we are ready to get into that aspect of it unless well, we you, are you can read the like episode synopsis yeah go ahead okay so i'll start with uh episode one of course for four thousand years after the origin of the earth was abandoned humankind was at stake because of the appearance of the unknown entity gnosis veterinary cruiser volinde a member of the Federation of Star Clusters, boarded by engineer Shion Uzuki, collects a mysterious object called Zohar. Unfortunately, it was nothing but an act of summoning Gnostic. What? While the fleet was devastatingly destroyed by the Gnosis attack, the android Cosmos for battle was launched without any command. Okay, so uh, what was your take on episode uh, one? <laughs> my take on that Wikipedia summary is that somebody rammed the MT engine onto it and never uh, allowed anybody to post-edit. Because that was bad. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious about the Volinde. V-A-U-X space L-I-N-D-E. Yeah, I was just about to ask, was that like an official summary? Because that doesn't even sound... Uh, that was the summary that I got off of Wikipedia. It sounded like a summary you would have read off of English.com. Or yeah. Google yeah. Translate. <laughs> they... um, well, somebody's got to go on Wikipedia and fix that. I'm you heard that, viewers? On the That's, Japanese you know page because I'm pretty now. sure they just copy pasted it and just threw it through whatever empty <laughs> engine was free. I'm gonna have to assume so, but there are some later things that are like, uh, what? Oh gosh, it gets better. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> or rather worse. It just continues to be amusing. It, it, I think it stays the same, really. Oh god. <laughs> um. So, did you have any? takeaways from episode one um besides the fact that we had um well we went over my major point which was they never defined any terms um right. also the um quintessential boob window was uh, missing on cosmos mark one and the random scrib scribble here that says where's the y fish <laughs> The, that may not yeah, be relevant I mean, for a while. Would you like me to do the yeah. whole uh, show summary instead? Uh, yeah, if you want to do the whole show summary again, it was just like I was—I was looking at these summaries like these have to be vocalized. <laughs> oh, I was gosh. looking forward so, to that's the only reason I was doing this. Twelve episodes of this breakdown. 
Well, okay. one of the things that, um, but before you get into that, like one of the things that we did also explain to Solancho was that they do change the story significantly, especially early on, because obviously like Virgil lives a lot longer than he was supposed to. And that, that alone already screws up a lot of this, of what the show is trying to do. And I remember like watching the first six episodes, it, it's just trying to go in its own direction. And then once we got to like the second half of it, that's when things really just, just got out of hand. And just, I, and the, what's up? I was just going to say, can I just say something about Virgil real quick? Mm-hmm. Like, so Earlier, we were talking about how nobody got a character arc in this. I think if anybody got close, it was probably him, from what I recall. Ironically enough, yeah, I would Weird. actually agree with that. Because they they threw him into so many scenes that he was just not even supposed to be in. Wasn't he supposed to be dead? He was supposed to be dead right at the <laughs> beginning. So yeah. then what, was they, what were they doing? They killed him off in like a big damn heroes moment or something, although even... Yeah. Yeah, and that that's just one of the things that this anime does that just is wrong. <laughs> yeah, they and they killed off Cherenkov too early. Sorry, Kat. They killed off Cherenkov way too early. And, he has uh, no character arc then. Yeah. They killed him off. They showed events out of order too. Uh, they gratuitously used flashbacks to events that were probably cut. I would say that's likely. Yeah. Sorry, I did like how they made Kirschwasser more of a character than they did in the game, but that was probably one of the few things I actually liked. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, That was kind of interesting. Yeah, that was a, a nice little add-on. I forgot. To, was that one of the things that they did actually carry over to Xenosaga 1 and 2 on the DS? Maybe? I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you that, because I've actually never played uh, that version of it. I mean, I, I certainly I've haven't I've only played either, like five minutes me, in, so I couldn't tell you. Let me do the fun thing where I just go look at <laughs> Wikipedia and ask them. How about you guys just make that your homework for the next assignment? Yeah, I mean, I actually wouldn't mind getting uh, getting my hands on a copy and it's doing a playthrough. It's been one of those hard. things I've wanted to do for a long time and just never got around to it. I do have a copy of it. But... I'm pretty sure you could find it for 25 bucks on eBay pretty easily still. Yeah, I don't even think it's that expensive or that rare for that matter. Oh, it's it's not... Ex- like, I got it... I saw a few listings for around 25 to $30 on eBay, and it was new. It was new copies, so... Mm. Huh, that's surprising. Yeah, that actually is. Wow. Okay. Should I move on to episodes two's description? Sure. Sure. Okay. Xion is attacked by Gnosis on the cruiser Voklinde. The one that saved the crisis was Cosmos, where Xion was the chief development officer. Oh, yes, that one. However, hmm? oh, oh, yes, that one. (laughs) However, Cosmos tries to secure Zohar according to a mysterious command that even Xion does not know. Because of this, Zohar was taken away by Gnostic, and Voklinde sank. Xion barely succeeds in escaping and later encountering a young man named Chaos. On the other hand, Cosmos was in contact with Elsa, a passenger ship that appeared in the air after the end of the battle for the remains. I'm amazed that Chaos's name was spoken in the synopsis and wasn't in the show at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was one of the things that um we, we all noticed that like 
Chaos would appear in scenes. He would even speak, and nobody would refer to him by name. It was every character except Chaos. Uh, according to my notes here, it took um, ten minutes into episode five for him to actually name him. Hey, you, do the thing. <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> they kind of, like, never... They rarely even addressed him. He kind of was just, like, the guy in Coroner. Yeah, he would just kind of talk. So, like, if you didn't know who Chaos was, you'd be like, oh, who the hell is this dude? <laughs> He looks important. Does he have a name? Did I just miss I'm it? I'm pretty sure they cut me? the episode, or rather the episode segment where his name was actually dropped in episode two. <laughs> they cut so much stuff. That's such a weird thing to cut. Do you have any notes specific to episode two before I move on? Because I'm really excited to read the description for episode four. Oh my, I'm looking at these descriptions. Wow. What the hell's with the spelling for all this? Oh, um... They spell chaos's Hedgehog name Jacks wrong too. And flip phones <laughs> are the pinnacle of technology. Albedo does paperwork. <laughs> Albedo, do- okay, wait. What? Albedo, Albedo does paperwork. <laughs> Albedo does paperwork. <laughs> I don't remember Albedo she doing does. any paperwork. Um, <laughs> ever. These taxes I'd, are glorious. I'd read that fic. Um, okay. Flip phones. Well, it's, when's your birthday? Because then you can have it. I, I love that you, you make I'll a. I'll write you. Albedo does his taxes. The thing. I love that you have a note on the flip phones. <laughs> it, it's always fun when you're watching like older anime or older movies, and you could just like tell when this was made just by like the kind of cell phones they're using. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't uh, flip phones more popular in Japan? Um, the pinnacle of technology in four thousand years from now should not be the flip phone. But I'm just saying, if you are a person who likes the flip phone, wouldn't you like to think that in the future they'll still have a flip yeah. phone? Yeah, they still, still had I mean, flip you're... phones in the original series of Star Trek. That's why we have flip phones at all. Yeah. And I mean, you're so also you're you also writing a story in like Trek, early to 2000, so... Yeah. It's a retro bunny version. I don't know. Because that, yeah. that's like one of the things with like sci-fi that's always funny is that it's in the future, but yet it's still tied to technology of the era it was made in Mm -hmm. so that's why like you'll see like 80s movies about like sci-fi stuff when they still have crts that's what i mean yeah the degree of sci-fi that is though is like one of those sci-fi things that i think about where it's like okay that was like two thousand years ago we don't pick up stuff from like ancient mesopotamia and say oh look at this isn't it cool it's retro it reminds me in Harlock SSX, there's like a newspaper planet and they get like faxes and it's like, that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? There was a great meme that was um showing, it, it says, remember when floppy disk could save or destroy the world? <laughs> it's just oh, a bunch boy. of people holding flop, like old floppy disk, you know? Oh, the last uh, note that I have for episode two is Chaos looks indistinguishable from random 100 series rally and from episode one. Oh my gosh. What, what was her name? You guys have said different. it. Kirschwasser. It's Kirschwasser. I'm never going to remember this. Okay, well, you know the German word for cherry, no. right? Kirsch. And then you know the German word for water, Wasser. So you just put it together and you get Kirschwasser. Budweiser. Kirschwasser. It's, um, Braunschweiger. Anyway. Episode 3. Cosmos uses force to stop the cargo passenger ship Elsa and board the cargo bay. At some point, the passenger cyborg Ziggy was attacked. 
Xion, who has also recovered, stops, but Ziggy and his protected Momo strangely were destined for the his second protected Momo. Same as Cosmos. Because all of them have the same interest, Elsa rushes into hyperspace, aiming for the Milsha solar system. But soon, a mysterious armed battleship attacked there. I feel like I've just been told to protect my Momos. Oh, and by the way, Milsha is spelled M-I-L-C-I-A. I think that was quite obvious. Wait, hold on. My vocalization. They, they spell Milsha in two different ways in this. Yep. <laughs> there's one where they say Mercia, and then they, there's another one that yeah, says they, Milsia. They also, in the previous one, Falklinde, in the first time they write that, doesn't have an H, and then the second time, it does. I, I don't know. Any notes for episode three? I have a whole page of them, actually, and I'm not quite oh, sure Jesus. what half of them refer to. <laughs> Um, okay, this is exciting, then. What suspense is killing me? Oh, frick. Oh, did your mic cut up? It might cut up for a moment there. Sorry! Okay. Um, let, yeah, because I could hear you talking, but I couldn't hear you talking. Okay, um, the first note at the top of this page is a quote from somebody else who was watching with us. It says, uh, Matthews is the anti-Bishonin. I don't understand what that means, but it sounded really quotable. <laughs> That was from uh, Aaron, right? Yeah, that was from Fish. I could, yeah, I yeah. feel that. I understand, I think. I don't remember I what that he was. He has, like, a beer gut. <laughs> He's mean. He's got a very, um, like, squared-up face. Yeah, yeah, like, no, he... He's not, like... Well, everyone... Chiseled face man with, like, cute facial features or anything. I was gonna say, he's very chiseled well, he's face. Very, he's yeah, yeah, very yeah, soft not, face. Not soft face, my bad. Yeah. Words mixed up. Okay. Okay, so what else? Anti Bishonin. Okay, why are Cosmos and Ziggy fighting in Ziggy's introduction? A question that we all have, yes. Yeah, that's that fight, like the animation wise. It's a nice fight scene, but why is it there? Yeah, exactly. It makes no sense. It makes no sense, but it's pretty. They um, wanted a fight scene. All the Relians have same face syndrome because they're all Momo clones. Yeah, so it's justified same yeah. face syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I think one of you screamed Margulis's face was toned down. Why does Albedo have talons in his gloves? That was probably me complaining about the talons in the gloves. I thought Albedo... That sounds like a very me complaint. Doesn't Albedo have that in the games too, though? I think he shouldn't have it ever. Okay. I, I don't think it makes sense. I mean... It doesn't. <laughs> what part of his costume does make sense? I'm going to call it completely rule of cool on that one. Uh, I'm going to say the part where he uh, has a cape makes perfect sense. Yes. There we but go. you didn't try to make the pants, so... <laughs> I didn't. I'm so sorry that you did. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. Didn't you wind up using, like, yoga pants or something? Like, that sort of stretchy fabric? Well, I mean, I printed the design, but I had to make the design, so it was still kind of rough. Also, yeah. all of the 100 series are eternal babies, question mark, question mark, exclamation point. Yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. uh, Including the question marks and exclamation point. <laughs> okay. Um, parenthesis, we skipped kid cuisine. I don't know what that refers to. That's a bit that of an first to that we skip the quick kid cuisine. Yeah, that, that's a bit of an inside joke among us. Um, there's so in in the game, there's a scene where you know Momo is held captive, and then Marvelous comes in and brings her food, and because it's like 
early PS2, the graphics are all shitty and it all looks like super blocky. And I, I was watching that cutscene and for, for some reason, it just looked really funny to me. So I'm just like, what the fuck is it like serving our kid cuisine in here? And then that's always been a meme with us since. Yeah, because he, he says, like, is the food yeah. not satisfactory? And so the joke is, of course, Margulis can't cook. He just probably tried to microwave a kid cuisine. It's basically the Xenosaga version of the sandwich, if the Shulk doesn't bite the sandwich joke from Xenoblade, where it's just like, yeah. this is a blocky piece of thing that's supposed to be food. So it looks like. No, but seriously, th- those of you listening, rewatch that cutscene <laughs> and let me know what you think of the food that he gives Momo. I mean, I think everything had like a slightly gray overlay that also made it a bit worse. Yeah, that whole scene is just so funny, it's like un- unintentionally funny. <laughs> um, let's see what else we got here. They clearly spent all the budget on hyperspace. Uh, I would Which would probably that. make more sure sense. They spent all the budgets on modeling the gnosis again. <laughs> you mean the dick gnosis? Well, all of them, including the dick gnosis. Why did they make a dick gnosis? Because <laughs> it was in the game. <laughs> Why? Well, Why not? They had to counteract the number of butt shots, so to, for balance reasons, they included the dick gnosis. Of course, and um, honestly, I have... it was probably some kind of HR Geiger inspiration or something. <laughs> I... Just a guess. My brain is already starting to leak out my ears. <laughs> uh, okay, I have one note here that I'm actually not quite sure what it refers to at all. But considering we watched this almost a month ago, I need I need a little help. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. What is titty stab? Oh, I know this one. Okay, so it's not referring to <laughs> a titty us, being stabbed. It's referring to that blade that comes out of Cosmos's chest. I'm pretty sure, right? Isn't that what it is? That is a thing, but that's not a thing till 3, yeah. so I don't think it's that. I thought they did it in the show, though. Like, I think they did it early. So. Oh, okay, maybe not. I don't I don't believe so. Well, I can't imagine what else titty stab means other than a boob knife or somebody actually getting stabbed in the titty. Well, uh, I guess we have to watch episode 3 did again. Did they give Ziggy a boob knife? I can't remember. <laughs> no. Did Ziggy get stabbed? Did- did we make a comment about how his tits could sharpen a knife? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that sounds completely feasible to me. That that sounds like a thing we'd say. Yes. Um, and in extra large, really sloppy handwriting, this says at the bottom, so this whole thing is just corporate wars? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's that holds up for the actual game as well. Yeah. At that point. It, it seems point. like a lot of... Uh, like, media in general these days, like, in the past, like, I would say 10 to 20 years, is mostly boils down to the antagonist being either the government or somebody from corporate. You get one or the other. And so, uh, since um, Gears and what I know of Blade tends to mostly be um, government slash overseer, because in Blade it was literally God. In the um, far distant I, I, future. I feel like equating God and government just leads to badness. Well, okay, in Gears it was government, in Blade it was God. So I guess Saga is like, okay, I guess we need a corporate enemy. So they made it corporate wars. So everything that Cosmos has done up to this point has been to protect corporate property. Cosmos How is corporate she... property. Yes, but she's also protecting corporate property, aka personnel. Yeah. So, is that it for three? 
yeah, this is all corporate wars. Okay. <laughs> yeah, again, I think fair assessment of the first game in general. That yeah. reminds me of, like, that just every 80s sci-fi movie where it's like, in the future, where the world is ruled by corporations, unlike today where they aren't. <laughs> I, I don't understand how Cosmos... In the future, we get cool visors. How Cosmos decided that kidnapping a truck... Okay, basically a bunch of truckers. And then driving them into the heart of the enemy camp was a good idea. That it does not protect corporate property. Well, maybe you have her goals wrong. She wanted the Zohar. I mean, I was going to bring up something, but I think that's just a an in-game thing, so I'm just going to let that go. Alright, sure. We'll come back when I've finished, um, what was it, uh, 200 hours of Xenosaga? <laughs> Yeah, something like I mean, that. We I mean, could, are, are you counting the, the cutscenes as game time? Because then, yeah. We can talk about that part as soon as the end of the first Xenosaga, so that's fine. Alright, I'll come back when I finish Xenosaga. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so we good for episode four? Okay, episode four. The mission of Ziggy, who belongs to the Star Federation, is to recapture the peaches abducted by the Utic Institution and send them to the second Mil- Milsia. Wait, what? The peaches! Buzz Lightyear of Star Command was... <laughs> the battleship that attacked Elsa was also of the Utic organization. Elsa escapes the crisis by using the technique of Tony the Helmsman. <laughs> Afterwards, T- Cosmos senses the presence of Zohar and is gated out in front of the Gnostic group. Giant battleship Durandal comes to the rescue, but Elsa is cornered in front of 30,000 Gnosis. I was really hoping you were going to say Tony the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, no, he's a Helmsman. But they, they, Ziggy had to rescue the peaches. Just a bag of peaches. <laughs> what is this, Animal Crossing? <laughs> yes. How did this stay on? How does. I'm just. What? I don't know how nobody ever edited this. That's what I'm saying. Like, nobody saw this and was just like, this is wrong. Or, or maybe someone just did it just to troll. Maybe Pure did it just, just to mess with the oh, community. Yeah. We, we see you pure fucking yeah. up our wiki. Yeah, go socks. <laughs> and we lost a viewer. Sorry, Excellent. that was a yeah. that was a very specific pure joke. Oh, oh, I, I know exactly what you're trying to do, and that, this, is, hey, this is how a... pure never comes back onto the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I don't mean it. You, you can't, I don't give you a can't shit have me it. and pure on the same episode because I am fundamentally against the socks. <laughs> No, that that's part of I it. have to be. It's regional loyalty. Good, you'd get along with him great then. Yeah, that'd yeah, be fine. Exactly. That, that's the opposite of a bas- problem. But please tell me about episode four. Okay, apparently um Ziggy's backstory is an organ donor call out post. I don't know what this refers to. <laughs> uh I think they covered this in the anime, so uh but basically he signed up to be an organ donor and then when he died they said, Excellent, well you'll take all of your organs and your body and put you back into a life. In the game it amounted uh, to so an excellent be careful. <laughs> um Be careful if you donate organs, they might undo your death. Yikes. Uh, so that might be what it's referring to. Okay, um, we have, uh, Junior is, um, 
Junior is the shonen protagonist that Juju strives to be. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Um. They apparently they need all the baby one hundred bots in order to make the gnosis tangible. Uh, or one cosmos. I yeah. mean, all of the one hundred bots are pret- like we established their eternal baby. Oh, okay. Now I follow. Okay. Yeah. Um. I have one last, actually almost coherent note here that says Cosmos has normal feet and not hooves and heels. What? Is that a thing? I have a question called, why are you looking at her feet? Because they have a decent shot of her feet when she's standing on top of the Elsa and firing the vagina cannon. You're not secretly Uh, Quentin Tarantino then. Okay, good. (laughs) No, I am not Quentin Tarantino. Okay, Chobits is a separate discussion, and I have a lot of things to say about Chobits, but that is (laughs) not this podcast. (laughs) Oh no, what are we doing? Oh no, this is the Chobits podcast now. Can can you tell me about the vagina cannon? Yeah, let's hear about this vagina cannon. in or near her vagina? Okay, we're talking about Chobits. I think that was a bomb. I want to know what kind of anatomy we're talking about here. Uh, um, I believe you. I don't remember any scene where Cosmos <laughs> spreads her legs and fires. Yeah. Her legs, <laughs> I agree with the references, but I mean that's her stomach. Um, what you guys said was the X Buster Cannon is not supposed to look as organic as it does in the anime. Nah, it's not. Yeah, I don't remember looking it looking as ionic. I don't think C-section cannon would even be an accurate description of that. I don't think it's. I think it's too high for a C-section cannon. I think you're right. Yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's, it's definitely not there. Anyway. Yeah, it's like right where her six-pack so. is supposed to be. Yeah, it's like right, it's, yeah. it's the, in her abs. Yeah, that's, that should, if you get a it's C-section an ab cannon. There, your doctor fucked uh, up. <laughs> if you guys had abs, you would actually know they can just do that. <laughs> Sorry, we're all out of shape. Oh. Don't worry, me too, I've never had abs. <laughs> what the fuck are abs? What are you all just cephalopods? I was gonna say the only six pack I've had is in my fridge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we all want to be Episode cephalopods. Five. Yes. Um. Is that it for episode four? And the the last note was, hey, let's uh, let's summarize this anime in let's take all the game cut scenes together and fuck it. Yeah, not really. Yeah, later on they did a little bit of a better job incorporating some of the gameplay, but mm. little bit. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say emphasis on the little bit with that one. Yeah. Okay, episode five. Cosmos, which went out into outer space, absorbed tens of thousands of Gnostic groups. Xion is worried about the ability of Cosmos, which she doesn't even know. <laughs> the damaged Elsa is housed in the giant battleship Durandal. The special foundation, Kukai Foundation, which owns Durandal, was Elsa's employer. The young foundation director, Junior, Shion, and his friends meet. Durandal heads to the foundation's grounds, the free orbit colony, to repair Elsa. I think I know which which note might come up in this one. <laughs> ah, finally, the Bloomin' Onion. Yes. Yes. Oh, it makes yes. sense now. Okay, I got you. Yes, tell us about the Bloomin' Onion. Well, you can go down to Outback Steakhouse and never mind. This podcast is not affiliated with Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about this Bloomin' Onion. Is it delicious? 
<laughs> Jeez, I hope so, but it looks a lot like uh, another ship that they had in some random cutscene in Xenogears. You know, the flower pot one. The one where somebody makes look- a really skeezy deal on the side and a whole bunch of executioners are like, yeah, sure, let's do it. There was only one executioner in Xenogears. I thought there were a bunch of lackeys. No, just one. Okay, they all had the same uh, character sprite. Possibly. Very similar, at least, if it's the executioner I'm thinking about. But anyway, this isn't about Xenogears. Or how every time I see Soul 9000, I go, wait, isn't that the ship that they were kept on in Mystery Science Theater 3000? (laughs) Isn't that the satellite of love? Are they being forced to watch cheesy movies? Is that the Soul 9000 or Soul 3000? I think that might be the Soul 3000, so this is the evolution of that. Yes. Okay. But that's an issue for Xenogears. Alright, um... The, the notes that I can actually make out, because my handwriting is getting really bad. I mean, I know I was drinking, I didn't think you were. No, I was sober this entire time, but my handwriting is really, really bad. <laughs> It's just like getting progressively worse as the episodes get more convoluted. I think you just lose sanity as you watch this anime sometimes. <laughs> oh, probably. You take psychic damage yes. and it hurts your penmanship. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, somebody's being hacked in air quotes. I can't make out the first word. I'm going to guess uh, that's computer hacked and not hacked up into pieces with the thing. With like yeah, a machete. Yeah, got hacked up into pieces. Uh, no, okay, this was not a, a point where anybody got... Um, where, where computer hacking was an issue. Is this supposed to be Momo? Momo was not yet getting hacked. Okay, so I have no idea what this word is then. And I don't think they did too much foreshadowing to... The later point wherein uh, they are in fact doctoring videos. They, but maybe they did. They do what now? That that happened where they doctored the video so it looked. The, we'll get to that episode in a moment. <laughs> um. We just watched this anime. <laughs> we watched this anime like four weeks ago and have been procrastinating on this particular episode for as long as I've been playing Xenogears. Remember at the end of that first episode, I'm yeah. like, hey, now I can go finally play Xenogears. Oh, thanks. Now we have to cut all that. So much. They're not supposed to know that. Yeah. You just revealed everything. That's not cool. Okay, we cut that. <laughs> That's for the fake tree on. Okay. That's fake tree on bloopers. <laughs> uh, our Patreon where we have so many great videos. Me yeah. reenacting Xenogears from memory with sock puppets. Um, okay. Um, human arrow to gnosis experiment. I'm not sure what that is. Oh, Betty. Yeah, I was wondering why there was Betty written in the corner. Yeah, her name's Betty. She wasn't an experiment, though. She just happened. She was a little girl. That's what my parents said. (laughs) No, son, you're not an experiment. You just happened. And then I spent a whole lot of time um, flashing back to events that actually never happened. And, uh... Junior Chibi-sama info dumps the entire um, plot of the episode of the anime at the 45% mark of the anime. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like the, um... Well, like, before that, 
<laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Forgot what else I was going to say about that, but never mind. Okay. Well, anyway, excellent. That was the info dump episode, or one of two. It certainly wasn't one of the more fun episodes. No, Junior's just nope. the guy who info dumps on everybody. I thought he was a shonen protagonist. He is, but he also does the info dumping because nobody else in this anime understands that they're actually in an anime. He's the only one who's enlightened. He's not delusional. <laughs> he breaks the fourth wall. I actually just like to casually info dump to my friends. I think it really helps them understand things. Junior should have came out like the um, like the guy from the Twilight Zone and info dumped that way. <laughs> just like lit up a cigarette. <laughs> and just hello everyone. Stares at the camera. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I am going to tell you a six? story. Yeah. A wonderful and frightening story about 4,000 years into the future. Alright, so episode 5 is an info dump. Do you have 4,000 years after the origin of the Earth was abandoned. Do you have anything else to say about episode 5, or we're going to move on to the next one? Uh, the one last thing I have to say about the onion ship apparently doesn't happen until episode 6, so let's go. Alright. Okay, episode 6. Durandal arrived at the base, the Kukai Foundation. The Foundation's representative director, Guinan Kukai, welcomed Xion and others. In a peaceful city of foundations, Xion get a moment of peace. Unfortunately for Xion, she later gets astrophobia, fear of thunder. While she and her friends, except for Cosmos, having fun at the beach. Later at that point, the Utic organization, which relentlessly aims for the Y material that sleeps in the peach, has launched a new plot. <laughs> the foundation was destroyed by a fleet of stars with suspicions that it was Durandal who attacked cruiser Vaklinde. Yes, Gwynan, my so, favorite. Yes, Gwynan Kukai. Gwynan Kukai. The Y material that sleeps in the peach. Mm. Yep. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> how we had to get the peaches. I, I love how Xion suddenly, just then and there, got a phobia. Just developed one right there. <laughs> she, 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 I like that it was translated like that way, that apparently that was how it was written, that it was astrophobia and then fear of thunder. Like, it, it's... Because, I mean, we've established that there's no way that this was originally written in English and it was just poorly translated. Um, so it, it just makes a lot of the other things in it, like, why was this written that way? Okay, let me... Like, or did somebody, in fact, go through this and go, oh, astrophobia, people aren't going to know what that means. Better better add a parenthetical. I can't come into work tomorrow. I caught a phobia. <laughs> <laughs> I tried that, it doesn't work. They still make you go. But it's the fear oh, of work. The... Oh, and by the way, Buckley does not have an H in it this time. What is the world coming notes? to? Okay, so let's start at the end of my notes here. There's a really phallic shot of the onion ship. The onion ship yeah. shouldn't be phallic. Well, uh, it was Junior's ship docking well, at the of, onion yeah. ship. It goes inside and does like that weird Macross thing where it like lands in a colony. Yeah. It's great. Hey. Macross was a good anime. It's a very good anime. I'll put it on my to do list, guys. It's so so <laughs> long already. I put Natsume Eugene Cho on that and there's like six seasons. Yike. Tell me about episode six though. Who the hell is Sakura? Okay. I bought you some guns at an auction for the lols. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, oh, that is yeah. about the relationship between Gwynan and Junior. <laughs> Gwynan and Junior. They're, they're good. They're bros. Uh, they are bros. Yeah, so, um, Guinan Sr. apparently is that guy with a really, really nice suit and, um, mm-hmm. an Escaflone nose, and apparently, <laughs> um, he's not old enough to be a DILF, but that doesn't mean that people don't uh, happen to be horny for him on the server. You just mean a shoujo like, nose, like, don't you? Is that a requirement? I didn't know that. that. Like, are we only allowed to be horny for dilfs? You guys have some very particular preferences. Not not you three. Sorry, you four. But, like, the server in general. Unless you want me to cut that. No, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. Oh, no, you, you keep that. Guilty as <laughs> There's no shame here. I, I I haven't shamed you guys enough for everybody being horny for Ziggy. I mean, we did have a, a waifu husbando war episode, so I think we're we're fine. Yeah, no, I mean, clearly we don't have that much shame, but I do need like to, to listen to that episode as soon as I'm done <laughs> that with one this is, recording. That one is actually pretty funny. <laughs> I think you'll be pleasantly <laughs> surprised at the you'll, you'll like that one. The winner. <laughs> it's not Ziggy. It's not Ziggy because well, Ziggy wasn't even uh, eligible. What? Yeah, you know, it was only characters who you'd never play as. Although we did make a goof on that. Oh, interesting. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm going to assume that you nominated Dixon and Groff. I, I you can't nominate Dixon. You can play as Dixon. Yeah, Wait, you what? can play as Dixon. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. it was NPCs. Oh, I did not realize it, he could it, play it as Dixon. Characters count as playable, so Dixon could not yep, be there. Very, very, very. I did briefly. at the end talk about how I would have chosen Dixon. I see. <laughs> All right. I go about five minutes before I have to talk about Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that your mic cut on that for me. Yeah. And same here, <laughs> and it was it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> And it's that one politician. Helmer. Yeah, Helmer. Helmer's a good guy. Wait a yes, second. Finally, a person of color! I thought Chaos was. Sp- anyway. Uh, chaos is dark. Skin, I yeah. thought Chaos was supposed to be an effigy of, of the Holy Spirit, but okay. Well, I mean, that that would just make him Middle Eastern. That doesn't count? So not Japanese. No, he's actually a hedgehog. Oh. Fair. Wait, I thought Tony was a hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, Tony the Hedgehog. Albedo is a serious creeper because he uses French words to describe Momo. Oh yes, Mapesh. Is still in episode six? Yes, this is still episode six. Okay. Um, <laughs> you can tell a creeper by the French words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why nobody talks to me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, who said that? I didn't hear anything. What was That's that? The joke. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the beach scene felt like it was pulled out of thin air. Even though that was actually very accurate to the game. Like, one of the few things that was actually, like, good. <laughs> um, and um, this was the episode where I finally realized that the bunny, the creeper bunny with the scribble eyes, which looks like it should have actually belonged in Madoka Magica, is basically the in-world equivalent of Hello Kitty. Yeah. Man, I can't believe how much yeah, of a ripoff yeah. QB was. Can't believe Bunny ripped off QB. Yeah, no, no. Um, Bunny ripped off one of the um, 
I would say one of the minions in at least one of the witch dungeons, and I can't remember the name of the witch. Oh, um... Because it had scribbles for eyes instead of solid eyes? Oh, probably Charlotte, right? The, the clown one? Again, I'm blanking. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> it's been a long time since I saw Madoka. Same. I rewatched it this year, mm. so... I've never seen it. Great. Ooh. It's got Kaijuro soundtrack, too, so... Um, but I'm going to sit you down on this couch and we're going to watch 12 episodes of anime and you're going to like it. That's what Halloween is going me. to be. Yeah, you're going to you, watch you a freaking like magical it. girl show and okay. you're going to like it. Alright. <laughs> Sounds believable. I mean, was that supposed to be a threat? Because it wasn't. <laughs> it was a threat. I mean, that show is kind of threatening. It is really threatening. Yeah, it's cute for three it. episodes and then everything <laughs> goes downhill really fast. It's a good, it's a good show. Mm-hmm. I remember it being in, I think it was my Japanese class. There was a guy who had a Madoka wallpaper, and then I remember I saw his phone. And I was just like, "What is that?" And he just, and then he, I guess like he thought I was gonna make fun of him for it, and he's just like, "Dude, I swear it's a good show. Trust me." And I'm like, "Okay." And then I watched it. and I was like, "Oh, oh, not, not, I, I see why he has this, this wallpaper now." So those first three episodes, you're kind of just like, "What is this?" And then it gets really good. I thought you were gonna uh. say you asked about it and he tried to sell you the gospel. Yeah. Right. So, are we ready for episode 7, or... No, I'm yeah, ready to talk just... about Madoka Magica and why it's a good show. <laughs> Different podcast. Yeah, uh, we'll save that for... You can go ahead and start Madoka chat. <laughs> um, Alright. Fake Trion episode, that's Madoka chat. Oh, yeah, episode 7. I will plug my, fa- my friend's Italian subtitle plot. Anyways. I remember episode 7 being weird. Re- this was when the show really just got weird. Oh, yeah, God. we we. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Episode seven. Shion and the others are detained by the Star Federation Federal Army. Since then, Captain Lapis was a comrade sent by Helmer into the military. With the help of Lapis, Shion and the others escape from Durandal, head for the city of the Foundation. Alan is trying to access the Cosmos database with the help of Hakase, a scientist familiar with him, to clear the charges of the Durandal attack. Soon the UTIC organization was developing an aggressive program for Encephiron. Do you mean not Sephiroth? No, no, his his uh, cousin. Oh. <laughs> I missed that... one important note, guys. Oh, shoot, yes. Yeah. Alan the Boozer, gay drunk. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, was episode six the one where, like, Alan and Scott finally get together? Yeah, that oh, was... So- the, uh, the only good thing in the whole anime? <laughs> yeah, let's celebrate the one good thing that happens in this entire anime. Alan finds somebody who's actually better at romance than Shion. Alan finds somebody who loves him for him and not as a replacement. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, all things considered, the ending of Xenosaga 3 where Alan spills his heart out in front of Kevin... And Shion, I mean, that was supposed to be a really poignant scene, but, like, Shion is clearly not ready for a serious relationship. She's she's still drowning her sorrows about Kevin breaking up with her. So, it was a... It was an opportune moment, but at a really bad time. I still think the scene can be very poignant from the perspective of just, like, him saying, Hey, Kevin, knock it off with your shit, but... I mean, yeah, there's probably that, too, but again, I didn't really have much context. I mean, whose fault was that? 
I mean, Nick was streaming. Yeah, I knew and I was going to be blamed of... for this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, you've spent how many hours on this? I want to see your final accomplishment. I want to root for you. I very much appreciate it. <laughs> I want I, I want to celebrate with everybody else. And then, meanwhile, it's 12 people in the Discord, and they're all backseat gaming. And I'm so <laughs> yeah, glad you didn't so have to listen to any of it. I have to. Thank you. <laughs> Aren't we great friends? You didn't heal. They were all screaming he was under level and he didn't have this one other thing that you were supposed to get in a side quest that you were supposed to double back for. Oh, okay. Thanks, Thanks chat. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go in there, it's like, one, two, three, boom. Hey! Oh my god, unless it was er- unless it was like Erdekaz or Sigma, I have no clue what they're talking about. I think that was... Dude, that was... I bet that... Okay, I don't know because I only tried to fight him one time way early on, but he seemed like it would be harder than the last boss was. Yeah, he's a super boss. Yeah. Anyway, tell, tell me about episode 7. Episode 7 is um, where we started after a whole week... So, like, if by that point I was like, okay, what the fuck happened in the first six episodes? I don't actually remember anymore. And then the, the military came in, but apparently military was, like, actually corporate police from a different corporation? Which I wasn't quite... I did not follow where the heck they came from. Right, the uh, military was actually under the thumb of UTIC. Except for Lapis, who was under the thumb of Helmer. I'm sorry, you cut out there for a moment. Oh, sorry. Uh, the the military was part of Utic, which uh, except for Lapis, who was uh, sent there by Helmer. So but, it was one corporation policing a different corporation. Well, Helmer's not part of a corporation. He's he's part of the government. So I, one I corporation mean, policing Utic po- policing Kukai Foundation, who is harboring um, personnel from. Frick, what were they called? Vector. Vector, thank you. <sighs> Did they ever mention the name Vector Industries? I think so. Okay. Or at least it was on the side of the ship. Proper nouns, what are those? <laughs> so, so yes, a corporation was trying to sabotage other corporation because they had third corporation's property. Um, and I have a small circle here that says second mole militia, but it's actually crossed out and written militia. Because oh, yeah, I, I'd been reading it wrong the entire show. Because I was like, wait, what is this army that they keep talking about and then never show us? And like, oh, it's a planet. <laughs> yeah, blame that on the subtitles. Yeah, we were watching I it in Japanese would. with English subtitles. Well, it's because we couldn't get English with English subtitles. Well, we could, but it would still have like the subtitles based on the wrong story. Well, what we were looking for was closed captions, and that was not actually available. <sighs> Unfortunate. This is what happens when you stream stuff. I think part of it was just that we didn't want to be distracted by the voices. Mm-hmm. Since I think the English cast does do a fine job, but they're of course not the cast that if you played the game that you're used to. Mm-hmm. That's it exactly. Like I've said before, but I think uh, the voice actor for Albedo in the anime did a great job, mm-hmm. but he wasn't Crispin Freeman. Exactly. 
Which is very strange, considering how... It just seems like Crispin Freeman would be so available. But it's also pretty clear that the studio that produced this probably didn't care as much. Well, and it was in Texas. Yeah, well... ADV films, rip. Okay, um, so one thing that really threw me off about episode 7 in particular, besides the whole military aspect, is the second half where they go over to uh, Scott and Unnamed Professor's Laboratory, and it's like, look at all these giant robot toys. Like, wait a minute, where did this come from? <laughs> uh, and in then, some ways, that is true to the game. Yeah. I, I get that, but also then... We spend three episodes going into the Matrix because we're looking for... What was it? It's basically, um... We went into the Matrix so that we could go uh, send some programming instructions to Cosmos to override different programming instructions? We went to Cosmos's memory to find her memory of events to override the doctored version of events that Utic posed as the military was providing. But Cosmos wasn't there for three episodes. She was elsewhere, so they went. They went remotely they into. Went into Honestly, they went into a cyberspace not unlike Mega Man. Is that a fair comparison? I was going to say it would be more like one of those, like that episode of School Magic School Bus where they had to go into Arnold's body. So, like, of course, Arnold wasn't really part of the journey. He was the body. It would have made more sense if there was actually a wire between Xion's capsule and Cosmos, but Cosmos was just roaming out and about. Wasn't wait, was Cosmos not I, there, or I was think she, she was in her, she in her bed? changed yeah i'm pretty sure she was in her bed she was yeah she was in her bed and they were able to connect to her remotely yeah okay i could have sworn that she was roaming out and about but i i'll take you guys' word for this she does appear later but we're not there yet okay and um then then once we go into the matrix it turns into a fight scene from Dreamland, and they could have gone literally any direction. Oh, this, this was painful. But all of you were just screaming in the background, why did they do Queen's Kiss? This is fan service. Oh, th- yeah, that part why was did they do Queen's Kiss? so painful. Yeah, so this is like one of the, I guess this was their time to just show a bunch of attacks from the game and all different death blows. And of course for Xion... She doesn't have her MWS, so you don't even see her use her own weapon. She does Queen's Kiss. Out of all of her attacks, out of all of her death blows, that's the one they pick. Now, what bothers me even more is that within five minutes of that particular scene, somebody says, Oh, yeah, by the way, Shion is a trained martial artist. So I'm like, okay, so she's going to use, I don't know, something out of a stupid fighting game to beat the shit out of these robots, right? No, they cut to the scene of her in a bikini. Yeah. I felt slapped in the face. Yep. Yeah, and she does have that ability in the game. That is actually accurate. It's just she has so many other moves that they could have used. Uh. Lunar Blade would have been awesome, but... You have to have the weapon for that, though, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't. Even, but she they doesn't could have, have imagined it, even if she didn't have the weapon. This entire anime, in exactly, that like one sequence, they could have just okay. Here it is. It. There's no plot reason for you to have it, but you have it because this is Dreamland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I mean, I guess, I guess part of the reason why she doesn't have it is that Miyuki isn't mentioned in the anime at all. Oh well, yeah. It's Miyuki again. Oh right. I mean, to be fair, while I do adore Miyuki to bits and pieces. You don't need Miyuki to have the MWS. Like, you don't, but like she's often things. sending you like updates for that. Like she's a big part of the she MWS, is, at least from but what again, I remember. They changed enough in the anime that they could have just said, "Oh, look, Shion made this thing." Is it true? Is it like Toga- Togashi's even in the anime? Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Togashi's there. Togashi is in the anime. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Wait a minute. What was that acronym you gave us? MWS. That wasn't even in my notes. Well, it wasn't in the because it wasn't even because in, in the yeah, anime. That was like her. Name. I have like a half a dozen different acronyms scribbled through my notes, <laughs> and like that isn't one of them they even decided to drop. Well, yeah, it wasn't in the anime. Too complicated mm-hmm. to draw in the time period we have allotted. We couldn't draw a weird rectangle. Yes. We... But you guys drew a re- weird. We... Yeah. We couldn't draw a weird Lego brick with a triangle coming out of it for a blade. <laughs> It actually looks a lot better than that, I swear. <laughs> I need more vodka, guys. Uh, Do you? Do you have Are any... you ready for episode 8? Uh... Oh, last thing here is... Um... This entire page. They finally introduced Jin Uzuki, who is basically the peanut gallery. Um... Just picturing him like as, as like those two old men in the Muppets. <laughs> Waldorf and Stadler. Stadler Waldorf. Snide comments as the rest of them go along their adventure. Now. It's funny that you say that because I just imagine Jin Uzuki sitting in like a theater, just throwing popcorn back into his mouth as he watches the events of Zenosaga unfold. <laughs> But you I mean, understand that chaos would be in the seat next to him. Yes, yes. Which oh, makes it God. better, honestly. And this. even better um, if I add Saten Uzuki to that list of people in the audience watching, because why not? Alright. <laughs> just be like, he'd just like nudge one of them, I've seen this one before. <laughs> okay, um, so they take the next episode to basically info dump everybody's personal traumas. Mostly Shion has bad family issues, and um, Junior... Oh. Has serious war trauma. That uh, I think that's mostly episode nine or ten. Well, would you um, read the description of eight? It involves something about URTVs and Udo. Everyone in Zenosaga which... has bad family issues. Oh yeah, yes. In Encephalon, Shion defeated the aggressive program. Fortunately, Shion is made to relive the experience of the old Mercia fourteen years ago <laughs> under the guidance of the mysterious Neperim. It's the day Shion witnessed his parents' death. On the other hand, for Junior, the day he left his brothers, Urtiv, was also reproduced. Now both of them, Shion and Junior, who have a hard time in the past. Neperim says he needed to face the past to change the future. Despite his wish not fulfilled, Shion proves the innocence of the Kukai Foundation by accessing the, accessing the memory of Cosmos. <laughs> Neperim? Ne- Neperim. Oh, okay. That clears everything up. <laughs> 
Thank you. <laughs> okay, and why the heck do I have Doctor Who Time Needs a Mod? What? I, oh. I have a note here that says Doctor Who slash Time Needs a Mod. Oh, yeah, they had to fix time. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, there was probably some wibbly-wobbly shit going on. Yes, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Um... You said it for eight? I'm trying to read my last notes. My handwriting okay. is atrocious. Get better handwriting. Just download the better handwriting program. I'm sorry, I'm not a robot! <laughs> just, you just go... Uh... Probably shaking with anger as we went further into the show. <laughs> Honestly, you're probably not wrong! <laughs> you just go to, like, you find, like, a crowdsourced website and you download the better handwriting app. I've seen that advertisement okay. on Google Apps. I don't need that. Okay, I guess this last one says, How did Pellegrin and Jin and Chaos show up? And then there's something here that says floppy, and it's underlined like ten times. Oh, there was a floppy disk. Oh, yeah, the, the memory that <laughs> they got from Cosmos was on a floppy disk. <laughs> By the time we had flip phones, we had CD drives. Floppies died in the 90s. It's called the Y data, as in why the fuck is this here? <laughs> <laughs> We're not even again. Floppies made a resurgence. 4,000 years in the future. Yeah. I mean, civilization gets wiped out and they have to rebuild. It's retro, man. Like this stone tablet from Mesopotamia. <laughs> this is reminding me of that time my mom said that when she was in college she had to make a basically um, a floppy disk shuriken robot. That sounds amazing. Oh. Yeah, that sounds very good. Yeah, this is what you do in engineering school. And honestly... And- Oh, I, I, th- no, no, there was a catch. Cool. Everybody was testing with normal size floppies, and when it came to actually testing everybody's robots, the professor actually whipped out the extra large size floppies. Yeah, I think those would go further because they're lighter; they'd they'd be easier to throw. I don't remember Crispy. what the actual results were, but everybody basically panicked because nobody had even tested that. <laughs> kind of amazing. Some people couldn't even throw them. So I, okay. So I just want to say I hope that in the future we talk on phones that look like pterodactyls. So yeah. <laughs> All right, episode nine, please. The Kukai Foundation finally arrives at the second Milsia after allegations of rebellion against the Star Federation have cleared. Later on, due to Albedo's use of Neparim's singing voice, a horde of Gnostic <laughs> appears. Shion greeted Gnostic, who has infiltrated the city. Meanwhile, Virgil, who has set out in Aegis, saves Momo, who should have been a hated realien. Virgil, before that... I'm sorry, Virgil. Before that, Cosmos's attack kills Virgil's attempt to break through while Junior, who sets himself to control the giant anti-noise robot to confront Albedo by fighting him. What will happen next if Junior win the battle with Albedo? So that's what happened in episode 9, yeah? That's about as um, concise as I remember it. There was fighting, and there was a lot of collateral damage, and there were giant robots. Also, Momo got kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, Momo did get kidnapped. Despite the fact that the antagonist hasn't been seen in over six episodes. I really wish you just said, thing happened. And that was all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, things happened. 
Albedo shows up, finally deciding to be an antagonist for once. It's time. Oh, you did have, like, an interesting note about uh, the words, choices that Albedo used. Where, like, I think oh. he spoke once and you were like, oh, this guy's clearly a villain because he's speaking in this classical form. Yeah. Yeah, the way that he speaks has that air of, of uh, archaicness that comes with, I'm a villain who also writes with a quill pen. <laughs> yeah, I could see him writing with a quill pen. I see it. But I could also see Jin writing with a quill pen. Oh, he totally would. Yeah. He still has books. Ugh, books. books. Paper Ugh, books! Paper. made of paper, Yuck, vomit. Is that all you have for nine? Um, let's see if I can actually read my handwriting. Oh my god. I, I, I am sorry to all the listeners that my handwriting sucks. And that have I have to, to take it. so long to read all of this. Can we cut some of the uh, pausing that I have? Oh, oh yeah, we can. I will. I okay. Will. You are a savior, Jim. Too bad this is not a physical medium. <laughs> okay, um, despite being the antagonist Visual. we haven't seen in half the shows... Yes, he... He bitch slaps the delivery boy, which I did not condone. I was like, why did you do that? What? Wait, who did what? Wait, who, who I, bitch slapped I, who? I think this was just some episode of um, more abuse of um, that 99 unit by Albedo. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And like also... Idea. Also, finally, some giant robots! <laughs> you guys have been saying, hey, this is a giant robots thing. This is a giant robots game. This is a giant robot series of games. Hey, the fucking planet is a giant robot in this one game. Where are the giant robots? The giant robots finally showed up in episode nine. <laughs> I think there were giant robots in episode one. They were just really easy to ignore. Also, it says Cinema Sins flashback times three. Oh, and Cosmos is finally back on the main screen. And uh, Virgil finally dies because plot exhaustion. <laughs> they no longer had a use for him, so they had to kill him off. I've been wearing a I red mean, shirt not? this long. What happened? <laughs> Did he basically take over whatever Cherenkov was supposed to do? No. Or... Okay, so they were like, okay, we need a guy here. Oh, wait, what do we do with him? Let's just shove him into random scenes. If I remember... I think it was kind of bizarre because some of the stuff that he did wasn't, like, the way he acted and some of the stuff he did, like, it isn't completely inaccurate, but it isn't things that you would find out in the game until, like, the third one. Yeah. They also never explained his facial scarring in the anime. Yeah, that's true. Which I'm pretty sure they did almost, like, not immediately in the first game, but, like, really soon. They did it oh, very they did, close. Did they not mention his DME addiction? Or? No. They no. did like really what, close what is a DME? Oh. You'll find out. <laughs> you know what? I feel like the episode um, cover for this this particular conversation should be that one Nia react where she's got the really befuddled eyebrows. <laughs> fair. <laughs> because that's me right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Is that all you have for nine? Yeah, that's nine. All right, ten. Although Gnosis invaded the city area, it was destroyed, but Momo was taken away by Albedo, which Junior lost the mecha battle with him. 
Right at this moment, Junior tells Shion about the relationship between himself and Albedo. Afterwards, Gnostic's attack becomes even more intense. Appearing there was Akemi, which is the base of the vector. Akemitsu sweeps away Gnostic with its overwhelming destructive power. Then a phase gu change gun was sent from Akemitsu to identify the place where Albedo lurks. Shion orders Cosmos to use a phase change gun to save Momo. Good job. Wait, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, I thought but... Momo got kidnapped in episode 9. Yeah, so Cosmos has to use the phase change gun to save her. The phase change? The phase. Oh, I, I thought maybe it actually said phase by accident. That would be really funny, but no, it does say face. I also applaud and, them on um, not ending the sentence with a preposition, with him, after they had already acknowledged that it was the fight with him. <laughs> um, and uh, I disagree with that summary. They dumped all of the info about Junior and his trauma in episode 8. What they did in episode 10 was finally define what sort of al relationship that Albedo had with um, the protagonists. Well, it does say Junior tells Shion about the relationship between himself and Albedo. It's not enough! <laughs> okay, also Kevin gets stabbed. Oh, they had the flashback where Kevin got stabbed? Yeah, they had that flashback in this one. Oh, that's what boob stab means. But boob stab happened a while ago. Yeah, but that was way earlier. That, that has to have been a different stabbing. I'm sure it was. I can't believe we have to watch episode yeah. 3 again to figure out boob stab. We're gonna have to rewatch this anime, guys. That's just gonna be the title of the episode, Boob Stab. You can do it on your own time. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> You're the one with I the DVDs. All we need to watch is that one episode. <laughs> we can watch it at double speed, make it go yeah. faster, figure out Boob Stab. Sure. Boob <laughs> Stab. Um... We call this episode Boob Stab to just increase our views. Zenochat, okay, episode um... 30, Boob Stab. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of you guys had said that there was a conversation they had that um, by moving it all the way up to episode 10, it completely missed the point of the conversation. And it says here, this one is... This note is referencing the death of Virgil, but I remember that there was another episode much earlier where they were saying something about fireflies and the um, the fake ecosystem and then Cosmos makes some re remark yeah. and you made the same comment I think that one actually occurred relatively okay in the anime um, somebody else was saying it wasn't kosher I don't quite remember I do know that like Virgil's death, how it was dealt with in the anime, causes Cosmos's later comment about the fireflies to be a bit more weird, just because of the placement of those two conversations. That might have been it. Yeah, that sounds familiar, but I can't put my finger on what it was at this oh, point. Oh man, we're getting into some great episode descriptions. Oh! Just um... now, huh? There, there, there's another note on the back of this page that says, we still don't know who Sakura is. Yeah, that's fair. And what are these bird people? What? I don't know. What bird what, people? Why are there bird people? There aren't? Is it? There were people with bird masks. Oh, those bird people. Oh, you're talking plague about the doctors, testament. Yeah. There are plague doctors. Why are there plague doctors in the year 4000? 
because there are plagues. Hey. The explanation that they had in Xenogears for why they were bird people made more sense. The explanation there was they were mutants. Yeah, the explanation in a Xenosaga, the animation is, there isn't. I mean, I can answer with symbolism. There you go. Yeah, there you go. You'll find this out. Isn't Hannibal. Nudge, nudge. Are you ready for 11? What is a DSSS sensor? Um, um, if I say that I'm, it's actually DSSS, does that help you? Um, I think it's just another term that they mentioned offhandedly and dis- decide to never define. It's the next yeah, Nintendo console. Right. <laughs> oh, fi- okay, this, this is the final episode note. XL Big Gun Go Boom should go before episode 10 start. I know it's good. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it's the it's the one that looks like kind of like a sniper rifle, but totally is not. Oh well, I mean, I should say a sniper rifle that's like, you know, a, a few like a hundred times the size of a person or something, that kind of thing. Okay, before we go on, uh, how are we supposed to uh, pronounce Mizrahi's first name? Joachim? Or, no, wait. Are we talking about Yuli, or...? No, I thought it was uh, Joachim as well, but it's not spelled that way in my notes. Oh. Well, I can't help that you spelled his name wrong. Well, I spelled it based on what the subtitles yeah, gave us. It's it's Joachim. What, what did you... S- J-O-A-C-H-I-M. Yeah, there are two different people with that name in this series, and it's just, they're, they're pronounced differently, I think, for each, which is weird. No, you're thinking of Joaquin, who has a slightly different name. Oh, does There's he? An, okay, it, never mind. Yeah, in instead of an in. And, yeah. That's right. My bad. It's alright. Uh, yeah, Joaquin. Are we ready? Okay. So, uh, episode 11? Episode 11... Okay, sure. It was the research plant once built by Jokim Mizurahi that was pulled out of the distortion of space by the phase change gun. In the heavenly car, Alvito searches for Y material sleeping in the peach. Alone, Junior collides with Ziggy in an attempt to save Momo. Soon, Shion's feelings for peaches are the same. They take Elsa and infiltrate into the heavenly car. Shion and the others finally reach the center and face Albedo. However, the mutant Simeon appeared there. <laughs> I'm the Joker, baby! We go into the peaches now? Uh, well, uh, I don't... Okay. James and the Giant Okay, okay. Peach. in the heavenly car, Albedo is searching for the Y material in the peach. Just one peach. And Shion's opinion on peaches remains the same. What is continuity? Just fuck that shit. That's actually in my notes. Hmm. Hmm. Well, peaches come in a can that were put there by a man <laughs> in a factory <laughs> way downtown. Oh my god. Is that the start of some country song? Yeah, I was, I was waiting for that, that. That's actually a rock song. Huh. It's Peaches by Presidents of the United States of America. It's a, it's a play that. country song. They used to play yeah. that song at work all the time, and it was frustrating. It, that song is funny. <laughs> oh, you, frustrating? I'm sorry. Would you like to hear Jingle Bells for seven hours? Oh, I'm sorry. 
Yeah. Uh, so you worked at Michael's, not Hobby Lobby. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but the dis- there's like a display that just plays the first few chords of Jingle Bells okay. over and over and over again. Anyway. Retail is hell. I, I know, I'm just imagining that right now, <laughs> and what I would give for a pair of electrical pliers to just cut that out rip its heart out like nobody's business it would be a reckoning then we put it in the middle of some sort of divinity circle and we summon the spirit of christmas and then we kill it uh the halloween display is on at the same time so that like it's jingle bells mixed around with like random creepy laughter as long as it's not This is Halloween from uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, no, I'm cool they're, they're with that. that. Jingle bells, go to hell, Santa wants your soul. So do you have any notes, Alantra? <laughs> do you have any notes on episode 11? Yeah, that's yeah, a thing. Okay. Yeah, let's see what I got here. Um... <sighs> Shion's ahoge has gotten out of control. <laughs> like maximum. Okay, valid. I get. <laughs> I'm just amused that in this episode that was so plot heavy, what you took away from it was what's going on with that idiot hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you guys were laughing at it for like a good five minutes straight. <laughs> I mean, the hair in this in this show was really weird. Like we we didn't mention this, but like Chaos's oh, hair was insane in some shots. Dude. I'm sorry, he looks like Sora from Kingdom Hearts Zig- recolored. Ziggy was like from a CoverGirl commercial for a few <laughs> times. Almost yeah. every time he played Ziggy was weird because. And then there's some shots where Ziggy just straight up looks like Guile from Street Fighter. Yes. Yeah, they really didn't know how to animate a lot of the hair. What was that, Ziggy? I said Sonic Boom. <laughs> um, I have this half-assed little chart here that's attempting to figure out how the song Nifilim relates to the original Zohars and the, um... What is this, the Proto-Markaba? Proto-Markaba, yeah. That's... Mm-hmm. Okay. And the three of these things together summon all the gnosis because Hawking Mizrahi is just one of those scientists who's like, what's the ethics board? Fuck the ethics board. Morality, I live for science. Screw people. I swear that he's gotta be from Solaris in a previous game. Because Solaris has the same thing. What's the ethics board? Fuck the ethics board. Um, this also is, um, the first time that you see anybody actually boarding the robots. Um, I I think that the anime actually really did capture the spirit of the giant robots very well, because they're very underwhelming in the game, and they were very (laughs) underwhelming in the anime. That's true. (laughs) You can just say it's anticlimactic. But I wanted to say underwhelming. Alright, um. I like that. They okay. Even in Xenogears, the relationship between Animus and Anima is really poorly defined, if at all. They try to do it in one cutscene with the Gazel Ministry, and that failed epically. I am still confused. 
They don't mention Animus in Xenosaga whatsoever, but they do mention Anima, which I'm going to assume is the exact same thing as what they attempted to do in Xenogears, but I could be completely wrong. So the Animus is the physical bodies, and the Anima is the spirit. So the Animus are the gears, and the Anima are the Zohar chips. Uh, The Animus is is the cast of Xenogears, because they have fleshy bodies that the uh, Gazel Ministry would like to put their brains in. And also they are capable of fusing with anima relics, which make your robots better. I, I have some thoughts about the Gazel Ministry, but they're too rated R even for this podcast. I'm just happy that neither of us said Gazelle Ministry. They should be gazelles. <laughs> you just said confusing and Gazel Ministry in the same sentence, and I was just like, I don't know what we're talking about, but I agree. <laughs> you just think that immediately you're like I know that I'm not going to understand this <laughs> um then they forcibly fuse the 99 series robot girl into the gigantic robot and attempt to have a fight with the giant robot and then uh I can't even read what this scribble says it says Fuse with... I think that's supposed to... No, I don't even know what that is. And it says slash uh, flawed logic. I mean, I understand. That episode was very exciting. (laughs) I think it's whatever argument that the 99 series girl used to justify her fusing with Albedo's giant robot. Oh, yeah. uh, The the Kirschwasser was saying how, like, uh... Yo- Joachim basically was like, okay, you're just a prototype, you're not what I'm actually trying to make, because what he was trying to make was Momo. Uh-huh. And that she basically felt like she wasn't worth that much. And Albedo, at least when he was abusing them, would look at them and was the closest she felt to wanted. So, you might have been responding to that. Oh, That might be it, because there's one last note here at the very top that says, um, Kirschwasser is the protagonist because she's the only one with a completed character arc, despite the fact that she only appears in, what, three episodes? Maybe four? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd buy that she's basically... It's interesting because a lot of the times when a show will introduce a new character to something, they're supposed to be the audience stand-in to, like be a vehicle mm-hmm. to explain the series so this was a we introduced a character to have another character mm-hmm. you describing that again briefly made me remember that part it was just like oh yeah she was kind of overcoming being Stockholm a little bit yeah I think that's a thing they go into a little bit in episode 2 but I could not be certain is it really her overcoming it? I thought it was really her confessing to, yes, I have this problem. Uh, oh, no, maybe that was it. I'm not sure. I yeah. just, she, the, she doesn't the, overcome it. She, yeah. she just says, look, I, I have to serve Al- Here's why I serve Albedo. Here's why. I, I Look, I recognize this is abusive. This is bad. But this is the only time I feel like I'm wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was just me. Like, I can't remember completely. So from the description, it kind of sounded like that. So, yeah. Okay, uh, shall we move on to the final episode? Okay, final tip episode. If not defeating the mutant simian fused with Kirschwasser, the second Mircea will be destroyed. 
For Xion's distress, Cosmos proposes a strategy to rescue Kirsch. Cosmos that responds to Xion's trust and succeeds in its operations. But the celestial car began to plunge into the second Milsha atmosphere. Kirsch remains in the heavenly car and disassembles the plant. <laughs> the ship Elsa, which Xion and others are riding on, is about to burn out in the atmosphere, but Cosmos saves herself and saves the crisis. Can she save it by sacrificing herself before it's too late? What? I'm just excited that they said Milsha, right? Oh, they did? In the last episode. In the last episode, they got Milsha right on the very last time they had to write it. Because the time just before that is M-Y-R-C-I-A. Okay, um... So, um, first thing to note about this episode is that it has a normal opening. That's already demerit points because every single show in their final, final episode does something different with that opening sequence. Sometimes they just completely cut it. But no, this this just went on as is. I feel like these people were hoping they'd get a second season, but then they were told no, and so they had to shift everything around last minute. Whoever Simeon is is never explained. Uh, They mentioned something called Abel's Ark, which I still don't know what it is. Um... That final fight scene really doesn't need the mechas at all. What do you call them in this game? They're not gears anymore. Um, Eggs. 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 Not eggs. Simeon was Albedo's robot. Okay. See, it would have been nice if somebody said, oh, by the way, this is my robot. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's Simeon, isn't it? Like, O-N, not A-N? Yeah, it's Owen. Okay, I've been hearing, like, I've just been thinking of an ape this entire time when you guys said that. Mm-hmm. Whoops. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> it's okay, fine. and all the budget that didn't go into the hyperspace scene clearly went into the dance sequence. And then the tentacles. I was right! There were tentacles in this particular I show! I don't remember any, I'm sorry. The dance sequence? Uh, yeah, Cosmos is um, flying through all the tentacles trying to beat up um, oh. Kirschweiser's bot. Oh, okay. I was just imagining Spider-Man I, 3. That was a really nice and very well-coordinated scene, but... <sighs> there were a few of those. The rest of the... This- sequence around it makes no sense. Like, why did everybody show up in their mechs? We're here to support you by standing here in mechs and doing nothing. Yeah, did you all run out of fuel? Oh, shit. Yeah, that's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, it also says, uh, beginning and end cutscenes played back-to-back in the same scene. I mean, like the. Oh yeah, I think they had to have a moment where they used the uh, opening or ending cuts song, songs. and then they. Yeah. Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm I think glad they you guys the can decipher my notes. The ending that was perfectly normal, so <laughs> it's just like, you. oh, it's the opening again. Oh okay, final, final, final note. 
um, which really should have gone way further earlier in my notes, but I think this is what we were discussing after we were all really disappointed at the ending of episode 12. <laughs> the only reason they kept Virgil alive this long is because they needed that one buff dude until they introduced uh, Ziggy and probably two episodes later. They could have killed him then, but then they didn't have a reason to, so they were just waiting for an excuse to kill him later. Yeah, is it really necessary to have a buff dude? I mean, no, because you have Ziggy. Exactly! You could have waited. I feel like there were things that Cherenkov added to the plot that were not added with uh, Virgil. Mm-hmm. And that I agree. Virgil added to the plot, extending his life didn't do anything. Uh... I know that afterwards we were having a discussion about the sorts of animes that might accompany a game series or other form of media, and the goals were if they were trying to attract a new audience, well, they failed at that. If they were trying to just kind of make a little treat for the already existing audience, well, they certainly didn't do that either. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of, what is the goal? And it's very unclear. It seems to, just because of the lack of definition of terms... And the speed at which everything goes, it was more so to, to be, like, extra material for people who were already invested. Except mm-hmm. it wasn't good. Okay, the more I think about this, the more it's actually reminding me of the Fullmetal Alchemist live-action drama. I don't know what's going on, I just enjoy Technobabble. <laughs> no, it was, I don't know what's going on, but I have to ram um, 200 chapters worth of plot into 90 minutes of film. I can't believe, I still can't believe, like, I'm so glad I didn't watch that. Um, if you watch it, you're gonna have to watch it with a heck of a lot of alcohol, because that game, that, that, that movie requires a drinking game. I just don't know if I can, I don't know if I want to do that. I love that series too much. Yeah, don't punish yourself unless you really want to. Then again, I watched it's through this anime. It's a bad, <laughs> it's a really, really bad bad adaptation but we're not here to yes we're not yes. here for that here for, we are here for Xenosaga. yes we're here yeah. to talk about madoka magica exactly <laughs> um moving on but one thing i mentioned was moving that on. i felt that uh final fantasy brotherhood did a good job of being like a supplemental to the game mm-hmm and we were talking it, about Full Metal Alchemist, and you just really confused me by saying Final Fantasy Brotherhood. I'm very sorry. And then I understood because I've seen that too. Yeah. No, the fun, um, the one where they're just like, "Hey, here's what the guys were up to before they were in a video game." And you know, even the Dot Hack games had uh, prequel animes that were actually done well. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were good. Yeah, like it, it's like every time somebody's like, "I want to talk about a video game as an isekai," the first thing I do is point straight to Dot Hack Sign. Yes, Dunhicks. Yeah, and there's other game adaptations that I think are much better than Xenosaga. It's not hard to do, but you know, you compare that to something like Persona 4, the animation, not the golden one, the first animation, and that one was pretty good because it works even if you didn't watch Persona. You can still watch it and enjoy it, but if you did watch Persona, then you'll catch all the little Easter eggs, all the nods to some of the dialogue choices and the fans of the game can appreciate that. I like, believe you mean to, even if you didn't play Persona. Yeah. Try that again. 
No, he, he was saying that well, if you I'm, didn't play it, you would you would enjoy it. But if you did, you would catch. You can enjoy it on its own term. No, but if you did, then yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, and I think that's what you should do. If you're trying to adapt, like adapt like a game into an anime, you want to have something that like can work on its own, but also be something cool for the fans. Like for Zenosaga, the first. The first, like, six episodes seemed like it was kind of trying to do its own thing. Like, it was like, oh, we're going to make this story that's kind of familiar, but we're going to change it a bit. And honestly, I I wouldn't have even been opposed Mm -hmm. to that. But the problem is they don't even really commit to that. They, like, they start to change things with Virgil. But then in the second half, things just get really weird. The pacing gets terrible they're just jumping around all over the place to the point where even somebody who knows a story is completely mm-hmm. lost. So, I, so with this one, I feel like this anime could have been a lot better if they had more episodes. Like if this was if this was like a twenty four episode series, I think they would have had a lot more time to flesh things out, a lot more time to explain the lore, explain the technology mm-hmm. better, explain the acronyms. Give more to the characters. Give them. Give us more time to really understand the characters. And I think they could. It could have been interesting to see another side of certain characters. It would have been nice if we got to see like another side of Virgil, since obviously we didn't get to see a whole lot of him in the game. I think that's just one big miss opportunity that they have him along longer, but like they don't really do much with that anyways. So it just kind of comes off like, well, then what the hell's the point of the show? Yeah, he's there. Uh, given that this was produced in 2004, do you guys know anything about the production circumstances, or are we just speculating here? So we actually did cover a little bit of that. I know Pure had told us a lot about it in an, in an earlier episode. I know he's particularly knowledgeable about some of the stuff that went down with the anime and some of the choices they made in terms of some of the yeah, shots. Of the scheduling was... I don't know very bad for that show yeah there's a there's a lot that went on when it came to making this show and why it turned out the way it did and from what i've heard from him it sounds like that's kind of its own rabbit hole do we even want to explore that here or should i just go look up whichever episode of the podcast that is it's like episode two or three yeah, it was one of the earlier really? ones. I remember was Pure one Pure wanted to detail with that, yeah. Alright, I'll go listen to that later. <laughs> Don't want to bore the fans. Oh, sorry. But yeah, I think like what if they wanted to have an anime, what they could have done is basically what Brotherhood did, where it's just like, let's take a side story and make it a supplement to the game, so... Yeah, that you don't need the full like if they just adapted Pied Piper, it might have oh, been better. That would that would have been cool. That I would really love cool. to see like a well, almost like a sci-fi police procedural style Pied Piper series or something. You know? Yeah. And honestly, I I agree. Like the the whole Brotherhood thing, it was supplementary in a way that kind of fleshed out some characters' backstories and gave them a bit more development without going into the details of plot in the actual game itself too much. It was like stuff you could do without, but it's stuff that really helps when it comes to character building. I I will say that a a leg up that Brotherhood had, uh, Final Fantasy Brotherhood had, is um, that people are familiar with the general Final Fantasy setting, and Xenosaga was more of a novel thing, so... 
But that said, like, again, with Pied Piper, I think it would take, you know, two seconds to go, ah, they are in the space future. Excellent. <laughs> that said, I think there's still quite a few things, since every Final Fantasy is different, there was quite a few things to, like, set up. And um, they did a good job with the just, hey, people will understand if you show them what's going on and don't spell every little thing out for them. Do you... Mm-hmm guys think that they should ever try anime adaptations again with the Zeno with any Zeno game at this point? Oh, I think they should. They could. Yeah, absolutely. Do I think they will? Um, maybe a mini series like they did with like didn't Kate Icarus have one? Yeah, something like that. But um, I don't think anything big, uh, mm-hmm. unless Nintendo completely changes what they do now. Which, Actually, that's who knows. I feel like Torna would. Lo- do I feel something like... like Captain N, but with Zeno, I I don't give a shit. Just make it. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I feel like um, Xenoblade Two Torna would. I was gonna say, I feel like Xenoblade Two Torna would lend itself really well to a short anime mm-hmm. series. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I that agree would be with really that. Good as... Yeah, and I would love to see what they could do as far as like fleshing out. I like not that for what they had there for the time and. Can, everything considered, I think Torna did an excellent job with its characters, but I would love to see a little bit more of the in-between stuff that we kind of just have to, you know, assume things about. Yeah, or, I feel like if they had a series that would allow it to seem more drawn out, because Torna, the time span that it covers felt very short. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of things that are just kind of like offhandedly mentioned in side quests in that series mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that uh, could be really fleshed out quite well in something like an anime. Mm-hmm. I feel like Xenoblade 2 especially very would like lend itself to an anime very well, but it would be like, you know, slice of life. Here's some shit the Blades are doing now. Here, here they are doing uh, some Merc missions. Yeah. Cool is, stuff. is it Xenoblade X that was the one that was a full open world? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I feel like if they were going to do an anime adaptation for that, it would have to turn out something like a Fate series, which I could see going either really, really well or absolutely abysmally, depending upon how well put together their structure of plot and their ideas of what exactly they want to depict. Well, if it's like the Fate series, it could be both at the same time, because some Fate series... Some some parts of the Fate series are really freaking good, and some are just kind of like, maybe skip that one. (laughs) Well, to me... If they did like a prequel, here's Earth getting ready for this exodus, that would be pretty good. Or could be good. Yeah, I would appreciate that. Oh, that would be great. And it would at least, you know, because with with, uh, Xenoblade Cross, the issue is that you have the rook to customize so you'd have to plan around him because showing him would be weird in the same way that like mass effect novels have to never have shepherd in them yeah which they could easily you know make it yeah no i'm not saying it's impossible i'm just saying that like it prevents certain things from being told i think it'd be more interesting if they just focused it on like elma or something like that yeah i I don't like a yeah, just give us Elma's backstory. Yeah, exactly. Give us Elma. Yeah. Just give, give us Elma being like, hey. Yeah, like a, do like a movie. Yeah, that that would be cool. wonderful. Yeah. And, and I honestly hope that with the success of Blade 2 and uh, Definitive Edition, they do take a few more risks. Mm-hmm. 
and branch out the whole media franchise that would be wonderful that would be. um but i think that xenosaga the animation was a flop yeah yeah and it's a shame because saga i think had potential for that format yes I yeah, think that really in did. some ways yes but in some ways no because uh as cilantro was saying like there are a lot of terms that are just thrown at you and technically speaking if you just play the game like purely you will have a lot of terms thrown at you that you never get defined because the only place they're defined is the database so if you aren't checking the database then there's just shit thrown at you and you're like what what is this i don't it's not defined within story. Mm. So a thing that I was like going, maybe they could do this, although it wouldn't be a wonderful solution, is if like in all of the little eye catches, they had a definition that would at least provide the audience more information, although it still would be an extra thing. Even still, I'm not sure um, just throwing the definitions in the eye catches would speed up enough to actually keep up with the conversation. No, because like you'd have... It'd be better than nothing, but still not great. I mean, yeah, with... it's episode one. Finally, you know what UMN is. Episode two. Now we'll get around to what an eggs is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see how a, a series like Xenosaga, especially, um, which I feel its best medium probably is just being a game in general because mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. how difficult pacing anything in that is because of just all of that there's just so much in there oh yes one more thing for the listeners while we were watching this between episodes i kept asking approximately how many gameplay hours have passed and by the time we got to episode four everybody gave me a completely different answer Well, again, uh, at the time it was still like, I don't really know how to answer this because they're jumping around and some things they would stretch out more and some things were like, okay, and this this section of game is just done now. And this section of game never even happened. Yeah, and then they showed stuff out of order. And also like like us as a group, we're all pretty different when it comes to how long we spend playing these games as I'm Mm -hmm. finding. Like, even on average, like, we all pretty much agreed that episode one covered the first two hours. Yeah. And episode two was another three hours, I believe. Uh, I gotta shuffle through all my papers. Yeah, episode two ends at about three hours. Episode three is six hours question mark. After that, I got really erratic numbers. (laughs) Yeah, I, I guess a thing I should have done, or we should have done, is just um, find a walkthrough and go, this walkthrough breaks the game into this many parts, you're now in this part. Um, even with a walkthrough, while it would break things into chapters very nice and neatly, mm-hmm. given the spans of just episode one of Xenosaga, I still feel like they needed at least 24 episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think that. I will say that, like, regarding the game, the first bit of it is something that I always think doesn't take as long as it does. I'm always like, yeah, that was super quick, and then I watch a playthrough, I'm like, oh, no, this this drags on for a bit. Are you talking about, like, the Voglinde? Yeah, the the Voglinde. Yeah, because you can actually just, or, yeah, however you say it, like, you could just, 
you can accidentally walk around in circles in that thing thinking, hey, have I been here? Yeah, there's, there's a lot you could do. Mm-hmm. You could play tag, yeah. too. I was so bad at playing tag, but then I was okay at the part where you needed to remember how to play tag. I think I did that same thing, but I think it was the same way. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> how do I play tag? I don't know. So... It's like it clicked then. <laughs> so, Cilantro, after all this, how do you feel about going into the games? Did this make you worried about going into the games or uh, what what how do you feel um between the three games the three main games that you guys have discussed which would be gears saga and blade honestly i feel like i would by the time i'm done i'm still probably going to say that um, blade definitive edition was probably the best game in terms of story, because um, what we have in Gears, which we'll discuss in a different episode, but like that particular protagonist is a mess. <laughs> that particular story is a mess. But at least there's giant robots and they're consistent about that. Um, Blade has a coherent storyline that even in like novel form if I were to just read this out of a guidebook I would say hey this makes sense Saga we have multiple protagonists the main protagonist is an absolute mess Um, based on what I saw out of episode 3 I'm probably going to wind up screaming a lot when I finally get to Kevin to be fair, you're supposed uh, to scream at Kevin. Okay. <laughs> when we got up to the fine romance scene in Gears, where I don't think you were supposed to be screaming about that. No, oh. I really am. I that that whole scene requires a different episode. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry I subjected HK and only HK to the what is this garbage? Why are they attempting to do this? This is clearly the pinnacle of a bad relationship. Um, we like listeners, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> we we can cut half of no, this. We can. I, mean, I I can start from the top I mean, again. We have epi- okay. No, we have episodes where Pierre just you know says how much he hates Zeno. So that this is this is fun. I know. I was totally <laughs> kidding. By the way, uh, do you really want me to start from the top? No, no. Maybe after no, this, we're, we're keeping this. We're oh. keeping this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. We, we've uh, discussed my apprehensions with this story-wise. I am, I already have some problems with Shiana as a protagonist, but that's mostly due to her own breakup trauma mm-hmm. that I'm hoping that she gets some serious character development in, but again, I'm not being very optimistic here. Um, I really think that Alan deserves better, and I am very sad that he, he and Scott is not something that happens in the games. Oh, no, it's, it definitely, um, at the end, uh, the last scene <laughs> of Xenosaga, <laughs> that she and goes, you know, thank you very much, I'm glad that you, you stood up for me and supported me all this time, Alan, but really I have my own shit that I'm going through, and Alan goes, you know what, I understand, um, I, actually, you I know? don't know how to bring this up, but I've been seeing Scott for a while. <laughs> 
I, I do still. Actually, that that that's that would make a much better ending for me. I would be satisfied yeah, no, that, that, with that I, because I, that sounds like a healthy relationship. Yeah, see, the thing is that you didn't stick around for the post-credit scene where that happens. You actually have to beat all the super bosses to see that scene. Yeah, when you gotta beat the game in under yeah, twenty hours to get that. Twenty hours oh. to defeat all the super bosses, and, and it has <laughs> to be on the third second of the hour. Also, yeah, when Alan grabs Sion's hand, he just shakes it and is like, have a good life. And he just walks away. <laughs> you like, also I, I have to have Ziggy's you. You swimsuit equipped. And, um, also, I know, I know this is just a thing with the, the franchise in general, but honestly, they lay on the Christianity motif so thick, I kind of start squicking. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So, like when when we had that final scene in episode three where it's chaos Shion, and that little clone boy little clone or i think he's a clone i'm like okay so this is no 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 there's a little boy who you find it's about abel no i don't think he's in that abel abel's at the end oh is he uh, yeah. yeah. There's yeah, a little oh, you're boy talking about that, that okay, you find in some white soundproofed room yeah, next to. S- okay, okay yeah, that is Abel. Yeah. All right. Um, basically, that was a not so subtle reference to um, the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You'll find a lot of that. That was. Yeah. I will respect the Christianity motif because you know what? Why not? Let's play with some more religious texts than the usual. Oh, it's weird. It's out there. It's not ours. Look, it's Greek. Oh, ooh, look at that. Ooh, ooh. Um, but yeah, the amount of Christianity is kind of turning me off. So I will work my way through these games, and if I have to just put one of them down, I might. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, um, depending upon how bad they are at platforming, there's no platforming. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> there's no platforming. It's just, Gears is the most when it the comes only to platforming. platforming is pressing yeah, the that Tower of Babel. I mean, I guess there's like the bottom part of the Tower of Babel, which is platforming, but it's not. Okay, no. um, and I know I'm not going to be stuck playing ten hours of Hack Ox like some people. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I know Nick had mentioned being stuck on a handful of very gimmicky bosses, so that makes me also very apprehensive. Not as gimmicky as Xenogears. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, there there was one boss that you spent three Twitch sessions on. I think that was nine hours. Yeah, you had that one fight where, like, you just had incredibly yes. bad luck. Like, I've never... Yes, there was one of those. Only in Xenosaga 3... Well, actually, okay, there were some pretty bad things in Xenosaga 2 that happened to me, but um, that was because that's just Xenosaga 2. This was, like, very out of the ordinary, and yes, that was Pellegrin. Alright, so you're an outlier. I guess. Like, yeah, that was the only boss that was like that to me in that game. On that level. Interesting. Yeah, I think we decided it must be some emulator issue that caused Pelagri to be awful. I don't know what you're talking about. I use legal memory. <laughs> 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 well, um, between the length of the games and my apprehensions about three dimensions and my apprehensions about some of the protagonists, I will slog through these games and let you know. 
but I'm definitely not going to be here until probably 2021. Unless a miracle happens. Fair enough. Disclaimer, I actually did buy all yeah. these games. <laughs> I'm glad. They're good games. They are. Yeah. They are. I believe you. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also uh, dreading the slog. Uh, you already said through Xenogears. Yeah. No. And the anime. I'm not even trying to throw the anime is a real because I love Xenogears, but you, if you can get through it, I think you can get through Saga. Yeah, you can. I, I think Gears is longer than each individual it Saga is. game. But no, that's just it, it definitely is than each individual. Except for maybe three, yeah. in my opinion, but that's also not but completely fair because I played a lot of patch-offs simplistic. And, such. Uh, and one of the side conversations we had, I believe, was David who mentioned that the average playtime for Gears is supposed to be around 80 hours, and this is completely abnormal um, to other PS2 games of the same time, that um, most discs are somewhere between 20 and 40 hours. And the fact that they stuck 60 hours of gameplay on the first disc is un- mostly unheard of. PlayStation 1. Oh, excuse me, PlayStation 1. <laughs> I remember looking at how long to beat on that one, and I think that I think that Xenogears said something like around 60, 60 to 70-something hours. Uh, yeah, and then we have Speed Demon over here who did it in under 50. No, it was it, yeah, it was fifty-eight. I think. I mean, I think if I'm going to be honest, I'm on I'm on how long to beat right now, and it says main story average fifty-six okay. hours. I knew it was close and a half to hours, 60. and I know yeah. that I put in a lot more than that. But to be fair, I tend to walk away from games pause for long amounts of time at times. So mm-hmm. I, that was probably what happened on that one for me. Fair, and then when you come back from the hiatus, you're all relearning the controls, but everything is so ultra high level, you're like, oh, crap, so you keep dying? Uh, maybe not. That. Well, I mean, it won't count the hours that you died in it during because you lost that part of the save, but... Not for me, you also have the fun of, let me go pick this game up. Where was I? Let me walk in a circle. What was I doing? Let me go over <laughs> here. Let me check my menu. What oh. was I doing? Let me walk in a circle. That actually reminds me, I did grind out, like, almost every character's death maps. <laughs> All right. How much grinding should I be expecting? You don't have to do that. Uh, a lot. Oh wait. <laughs> if you're if you're gonna be doing all the death blows, then yeah, that could if take we're a while. Zeno Saga only on two. Well, you have to worry too much about grinding. I yeah, had to grind out one point in the first game because I was like, oh, I guess I'm under leveled. But then again, I also like to be over leveled because I'm bad at video games. Well, you've also yes. seen me run through Final Fantasy IV, being like, oh. I can do story. I can do more story. I can do yet more story. Oh, yeah, crap. I, mean, there uh, was this, like the... I got a new character, and he's severely underleveled, but I don't want to grind. I'm going to continue with the story, and then I die. Yeah, there were like the, the five I am hours that see I how to for you... you in Gears, because you didn't want to, and I'm like, you're going to die at the next boss then? <laughs> that was because I you was... volunteered. Otherwise, I would have done yeah, it. No. But I like the game. I will say, Cilantro, I am kind of curious to see what you think of Saga 2's battle system. That's the one that's a bit divisive. Don't worry, I will sit in and backseat game for you on that one. My <laughs> we'll give pleasure. You the authentic experience. Yeah, assuming I get a webcam. My pleasure. 
I'm just kidding. I want to do that too. But if you need help, yeah, that's feel the free one to ask. that is uh, weird. Oh gosh. Um. Yeah, the number of menus that I remember you going through in uh, episode three was like. That's a lot. Oh, wait till you see two. That was nothing. I, I'm scared now. Three, yeah, three actually streamlined <laughs> things. Two is the one where they they really try to. It's not that they try to overcomplicate it. Honestly, it's that they had the system a, is not that bad. They had a really good system. It's just it's terribly yes, balanced. That's exactly the point I I will continuously make is that if they had balanced like the just you know simple the simple numbers like if they'd fine tune it where it is not just a pain to fight everything in there because oh this thing has super high hp oh i only deal this much damage it would have been a lot better but no they they're just like everything that you fight in that game almost everything feels like a it's trying to be a boss fight or something like that because it's just like instead so- of dealing Instead of doing all the right things to deal massive damage to a level where it's like, oh, I, I almost killed this thing, or oh, I killed this thing, it's like, that's just how you deal damage at all. Otherwise, you're just, like, throwing peanuts at it. <laughs> It'll make more sense when you actually play it. So, when you hear us, like, talking about it out of context, you're gonna be like, wait, what? <laughs> no, I think I understand what you're trying to say. It's just like, okay, so whatever damage number they gave me when when I'm a yeah, that was a horrible sentence. Whatever damage my character will deal on whatever enemy I face, I just move the decimal point over to. It, it's kind sort of. Okay, of. so you, if you played Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, or. Yeah. Yes, I did beat yeah, that. Yeah, so you know how, like, whenever you hit the button on time and you get a little bit of bonus damage? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that is not required to beat the game. You Correct. do the good thing. That's a little bit extra in a, in addition to making the right decisions, and you mm-hmm. get the a little bit extra so you can beat the guy faster. Well, in this game, it's like mm-hmm. if you don't do the extra thing, which by the way is imagine having to hit that uh, that button times ten to do the right thing in the first place, um, just to deal the amount of a damage that's appropriate at all, like not to deal bonus damage, but just to deal anything that's worth anything. It's like that. That's what Xenosaga 2 is like. Yeah, and then you have to set up to do that one attack. Yeah, for like three turns on average. So imagine imagine like all your attacks doing like half of what they should be doing under normal circumstances, but in order for you to do 100% damage, you have to waste two to three extra turns. Oh, so this is basically all of the freaking gear fights again. Kinda. It's it's a little bit worse. worse. Yeah. It's kind of like, hey, you want to deal this more dam this this much damage? Well, you better focus for three turns and then you better do these set of attacks in the right order, using the right, you know, inputs. And then, you know, maybe you'll you'll get this much damage off them. Oh, and that's just normal damage. That's not that's not anything special. You're not gonna beat the enemy, but Oh yeah, and if you pick the wrong option even once, you gotta do the whole thing. Oh, over and again. also you're playing a guessing game at the same time, because before until you guess yeah. which um which particular prompts this enemy is weak to, uh, you know, unless you're using a guide that just tells you all of them, you're you're kind of yeah. 
you're kind of screwed on that. So basically, to answer your question, Jin, I am feeling a lot of foreboding, <laughs> ominous <love. laughs> Well, hopefully you'll... I don't see why you guys like this game so oh. much. I don't! If it treats you this horribly! Because we're idiots? Xenosaga 2 is an amazing movie. And also could be an amazing game. And I am definitely glad that I played through it. But, um, yeah, I just wish it were more balanced because I, it's like the kind of game that I play and I, I was, I would like, I could cry at this game because it's got so much potential to be so amazing and it just doesn't do it right in the end. But I will still back it up on a lot of things. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll find some enjoyment from the Xenosaga series when you get around to playing them. I will get back to you when I'm done with episode one. <laughs> we'll come back for a new episode. All right. This... Of uh, that noob. <laughs> Play yeah, Zeno. So will be... The guinea pig. You should like write a jingle for that. Jingle. Oh, gosh. Watch that noob. Play Zeno. Okay. Got... Guys, if we need to write that jingle now so that when all these episodes get published, we can play it at the beginning. Oh my gosh. And just like, I just wrote yes. it. There you go. Alright. That sounds good. Sing for us. <laughs> Alright. Um, so, I guess this is probably a good place to stop unless there's any more closing thoughts on the Xenoslog anime. I think we're done with the anime. That anime was horrible, Let's and I'm sorry that I wasted my life. Uh, <laughs> and all of yours. All right. I enjoyed um, it. <laughs> well, I guess next time we uh, talk with you, Cilantro, we'll probably be talking about your experience with Xenogears once you finish that. So mm-hmm. that's... Yeah, hopefully that won't be too much longer. We'll see how long it takes to fix the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I hope that the PlayStation 2 will be repaired. Yeah, it should be repaired within mm-hmm. the week. Throw a blanket off. I should be able to finish Final Fantasy 4 before we get that PlayStation back. We shall All see. Right. Okay. Well, I guess we'll kind of just wrap things up, uh, go around, and if there's anything you want to plug or share, you can do so. We'll start with you, Justin. Yeah, I don't really have too much to plug at the moment. Um, yeah, I haven't really been doing a whole lot. I've been playing some games. I just finished 13 Sentinels, Ooh. Aegis Rim, and it's absolutely incredible. You guys need to yes, go yes, buy yes, this yes. game and play it. It's amazing. Game of the year. Possibly top 10 game. It's it's so good. <laughs> like, uh, oh my goodness. I, sponsored by I, I, I'm at a loss of words to, to like describe that game. And how good it is. <laughs> it really is. There's nothing else quite like it out there. You need to check it out. I'm definitely going to. Alright, well, since you just spoke, how about you, Nick? What are you up to? Well, um, I haven't posted a lot on Twitter recently or anything, but I did just get back from a big sort of vacation thing where I managed to find a way to vacation without getting out and seeing people by going out and hiking in the western area of America. And wow, that was interesting. 
<laughs> but um, I did play a few little things. I didn't really hook up my Switch but I, uh, to any TVs, and my Joy-Con has been really weird this past week. So I was playing mostly a lot of little, like, side-scrolling games that I could play on the D-pad. I actually played through Momodora, Reverie Under the Moonlight. That's a really good game, and it's not very long, so I'll recommend that, I guess. And I also recently finished Yakuza 0, so that one I can't recommend enough to people. I put in way more hours, as I found out, than Justin did, but it's because there's so much side content in that game that I could just be playing, you know, like, any of the mini-games, like... Mahjong, learning how to play that, or failing really badly at Shogi, or... Yeah, there's a lot of other games that are actually really fun in that, and maybe those are your thing too, but uh, all I'm saying is that there's so much side content in that game that, yeah, it can... It is a game that can be beaten relatively quickly if you just go through the story, but if you do any extra stuff, you can actually find yourself just spending a day on some of the side content. So yeah, it is very easy to get lost in Yakuza Zero, and that's another game that I also highly recommend. It's one of my favorite video games just I ever. Think, it's absolutely I think incredible. I would definitely say that too. I I still have yeah. I mean, I still plan to even go back to it because I had a few sub stories that I didn't get to do, and those are like amazing in their own right. Yeah, it's it's really good, and a lot of people. Uh, still ask, like, where do I start with Yakuza? I know the new one's coming out really soon. And uh, apparently the new one, you can play it without having played the other ones. But I still see people make threads about, oh, I don't know where to start with Yakuza. Which game do I play first? Play Zero. It's cheap today, too. Like, there's no way you're going to be spending much money on Yakuza Zero at this point. Just, Just get it. Like, seriously, just buy it. It's on Steam. It's on PS4. Go buy it. It's really, really good. You're not going to regret it. And, like, if for whatever reason you think the beat-em-up sections are stupid, there's so many mini-games that are just so fun. The Pocket Racers, the the Club mini-games, there's the freaking... The Sega Arcade games are in there. There's ports of OutRun and Space Harrier. You can just play those. You can play the Mahjong, Shogi. Like, it, the list just goes on. The game just keeps giving you interesting stuff to see Listen, and do. Listen, there's like a game that you've wanted to learn that's like that you've wanted to learn that is a good game to teach you how to learn some of those games. I can't claim that I actually learned how to play Mahjong. I learned a little bit of how, but there's still just like a lot to it I was missing. However, I do feel like I learned a lot about Hanafuda and I really enjoy that game now. So it's definitely good for that kind of stuff, at very least. And, you know... Don't feel any shame if you turn it to like an easier thing just to get through the beat-em-up sections because the story is definitely worth it. We are definitely not sponsored by Sega either. <laughs> but anyway. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, Justin and I are passionate it. about that game. so Yeah, we, we are. <laughs> I've sold Yakuza 0 to quite a few people. <laughs> okay, Robin, what are you up to? Uh, while everybody else was playing good games, I beat Secret of Evermore. <laughs> um, so now nobody else has to play that game. You're all welcome. 
Thank you. Now, now, there, there's Secret of Evermore. Hey, I was impressed. Do a let's play yeah. of Secret of Evermore. It's already been done. It's been <laughs> done by somebody who had more enthusiasm than me. I just stuck uh, with it because it. every time I let it go, I just remembered that my younger self would be not disappointed, just like, wow, this game really is impossible. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right, younger self. This game sucks. My grandmother sent her congratulations because she never beat that game either. Oh. I was <laughs> you it. impressed your younger self. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, outside of that, though, uh, no, 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 no news. Haven't oh. really been doing anything. Okay. Well, how about you, cilantro? Um, until that PS. Gets fixed. I'm going through Grandma's game collection, which includes more JRPGs than you probably have heard of. Uh, they're they're basically popular game titles. I'd say people have heard of them. Uh, no, there's a handful in there that are really far out there that I did not find very much information on. Paladin's Quest. I, I mean, that was one of the ones that was really gimmicky. Which one? I, we we went over the whole list. A long, a really long time ago. I guess I could revise my statement, but um, a lot of these are before Square and Enix were one company. Anyways, Grandma didn't beat all of these games, so I'm going to try. Nice. Or the ones I can't beat, then I won't. You're welcome. About Secret not gonna try Zelda. I'm not touching Evermore no ever again. Touch Evermore. It's not a good game. I'm selling that game. game. I'll be happy to see it. Should go. not. Touch evermore, touch, forevermore. Yeah, touch it nevermore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and uh, I'm definitely going to beat Final Fantasy 4 at some point. Very, very soon. I'm pretty close to the end. I want to say, quote the Raven, fuck this game. Basically. <laughs> 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 I mean, it has like five moments of charm, but then it has gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> It has so many game quirks. Like, oh my gosh. It's not good. It wants to be back to the future, but it failed miserably. It wants also, to be good. all of those random cameos, they could have done a lot better. Like, Cecil was the shopkeep in some random ghost town. And he's like, oh yeah, Rosa and I retired here. Well, where the frick is Rosa's sprite? To be fair, they didn't really have Cecil's sprite either, they just had random armor guy. You can't show her she's bedridden. (laughs) Well, they're all probably old and gray at this point. And they had everybody from Final Fantasy VI in that one Colosseum match. The Colosseum match at least had some good dialogue where they do refer to you as some loser with a stick. But you had so many problems with getting that guy. That was just... A really obnoxious fight. I didn't understand the game mechanics in my defense, but also the game mechanics well, suck. Even when you understand well, them. Well, yeah, I'll... Actually, even even before that, the very, very first boss fight, that, um... It, yeah, it has a weird difficulty curve where the first boss fight is somehow the hardest, and then the last boss fight, I stood behind it and stabbed it with a spear until it died, and it couldn't touch me. <laughs> That that first boss fight should have been moved like halfway through the game. It it had way too many things going on in there for somebody who was basically level one. And then the last boss fight, you stand behind it, stab it with a spear until it dies. 
Yeah, you don't even need the bazooka. Actually, no, I did use the bazooka just to make it go faster. Because wow. I bought all that ammo. So I was just like, <laughs> fuck it, bazooka till you're dead. What if the, That's what if fair. the first boss is the last boss? Anyway. If the first boss was the last boss, that would have made a whole lot more sense. But instead, the first boss is the first boss where you like use up all your items. I think the second boss was also a complete pain in the ass. But then the last two bosses were like, I fell asleep and I they were already dead. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, that one maze. Oh, that maze can go fuck itself. It... Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a swamp maze where, to me, most of the problem was just that the guidebook had the maze, but it had like, it wasn't labeled properly. So I was trying to follow that, and I'm like, wait, what? Where the fuck do I go? Like, one of the labels for a teleporter was supposed to take you off of the map entirely. Um, oh, that wasn't the maze I was thinking of, but yeah, also that maze can fuck itself. Uh, oh there, there were a few mazes. Anyway, it's a shitty game. Don't play uh, it. Th- yeah, there. thank goodness that my grandmother's handwriting is on most of those books. It's like... Sh- shout out to we, Grandma we, Cilantro. Yeah, shout out to my grandmother. She... She got the correct path through the, uh... What was that? Um, you, you know the one after the uh, footnight? That that, oh, that forest, forest was yeah. a bitch. Yeah, reading that map was nigh impossible, but she had marker scribbled the, the correct path through the whole maze. Oh, awesome. Nice. I, I, I will take some pictures of this thing before I sell it so you guys can appreciate my grandmother. That's so you can appreciate the shitty map, too. Yeah, take, take a yeah picture also of the map is absolutely horrible. <laughs> Fantastic. Tether, what are you working on? Um, nothing really either. Um, I've been playing 13 Sentinels as well. I'm not, I'm like only 30% through the story, so I'm going really slow. Um, I but I'm really enjoying say I'm it. only 30, so I'm going really slow. Well, I'm almost 32, <laughs> so I am also going really slow, so both are correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have the um, game. I'm at zero percent, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've also been playing, balancing that with Hades, which has been kind of fun. I don't oh. play a lot of games like that, but it's been it's been enjoyable. I, I suck like at it. I like all the games I've played by that company. The only one mm. I had not played other than Hades is um, what was that one called? The one that's like a sports game. Pyre, um, Pyre. Pyre, yeah. Yeah, that's the only I one I haven't played by them, but I've watched some playthroughs of Hades, and that game looks really good. I I really like what they do. And mm. um, even as similar as some of their games kind of are in ways to stuff like Diablo, I guess, mm-hmm. and not being a fan of Diablo, those are great games. Yeah, I played Bastion when I was in college, I, I think, and I remember liking it, but... I I have Transistor, but I haven't played much. Dude, I've been tempted you need to... to play. You need to play Transistor. It is like the best game they've made, I think. I'm terrible and kind of want to rebuy it on my Switch, but... Do it. it... I actually did. Yeah, I gotta play their games. Because I, I'm pretty sure I bought Bastion like twice, and I don't think I've ever done a full mm-hmm. playthrough Bastion of it. Bastion kind of... And I think I might actually have Transistor Bastion as well. Bastion kind of plays a little bit like, um, well, it kind of reminds me of like an isometric Zelda in a way. 
Um, I guess it's closer to Diablo, but it has, like, controller controls, not click-the-mouse thing. Well, I mean, I mm-hmm. guess you can play it that way, too, on the PC version. But, um... Bastion's the one with, like, the dynamic yes, narrator, actually, right? Actually, both that and... Uh, a lot of their games have that. Yeah. Um, but Transistor, you can actually play almost like a turn-based RTS style, or, like, RTS mix thing, where you can plan out your entire turn... Like, you can do all your move actions in the... Set up all your move actions in the turn, turn and then execute it, or you can just play it like an action game. And I love that about it. Hmm. It is really fun. Yeah. I know it's currently on sale for Switch for, like, four bucks. So and the soundtrack is buy it. so good. The soundtrack is so oh. freaking good. And we are not sponsored by Supergiant Games either. <laughs> Or Secret of Evermore. Or, well, definitely, definitely not Secret of Evermore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Just put all the disclaimers in the episode <laughs> notes. <laughs> yes, I will probably put these in the notes. So this um, has been an episode about we're... all things other than Xenosaga games. I'm kidding. <laughs> we're, we're a fan cast. We um, don't get money for anything so we're not sponsored by anybody. We're just some people on the internet with opinions. Yeah, that is fun. It's... God, I was going right. to try to go the, through the Magnus Archives ending. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So, All right. Does anyone have anything else to plug? Or mention or shout out? No, I think we're good. Um, so uh, for future, um, I mean, uh, so one day we will return with Cilantro to talk about Xenogears. But besides that, um, we are going to have a connect. Uh, well, not connections, but um, like references episode between all the different Zeno games. I don't. I want to record it this month, but we might have to push it again. I'm not certain. Um, but other than that, I don't think we have anything else planned for the foreseeable future. But if anybody, any listeners, or anyone that's, uh. You know, here right now, have any ideas that they want to pass around or for us to talk about for future episodes? Please do so. Um, we might do another I mean, community poll since we have like a whole, whole mess of episode ideas. Oh yeah, we have a ton in our document. Um, but yeah, we also have an email address if you want to contact us directly. Uh, it's uh, zenochatpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, Anyway, um, I think that does it. So, yeah, thanks, everyone, for uh, joining us for that discussion tonight. It's really fun, um, even if the anime is not so fun. It was fun talking to you guys. It's been a lot of fun. I um, hope I serve the fans well. <laughs> All I right, like we'll watching have... bad things. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. See ya. Good night. Take care, everybody.
save the game? So has this ever become a thing where where we start the recording early and just have our banter in here just in case something gets said? Yeah, yeah, this is just in case we accidentally do something funny. Yeah, I haven't haven't done that that way uh, very much, so I was just making sure. Yeah, that's I think this why we're like, still talking I think cash. Yeah, I think this is like the second time we've done this, so it's yeah, it's all it's all right. I can't give up here. Sorry, I should stop looking up body count lyrics already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Tell me about yourself, Stuart. User. See, look what I can do. Yeah. Well, how long does it take for you between recording and actually uploading? Varies. Like a month. A month. A month. A month. I mean, sometimes quicker. Yeah, it takes a while. Even I can do it! Well, I think and you then... have, like, a whole rant about, like, fucking the Bloomin' Onion. <laughs> Bloomin' Onion? Oh, yeah, that was a spaceship. That okay, was, well, uh, yeah, we'll that... get to it, we'll get to it. Yeah. Was that well, a uh, I have this random note up here that says Matthews is the anti Bishonen fish. Fish? Fish? I, I think that's what fish said. Oh, remember why fish was in there? There's a different onion. Oh, okay. There's a different random note here that says, "Why? Where's the why fish?" Yeah, because that actually doesn't show up in the anime. And it says "titty stab." Uh, thank you. Yeah. By the way, that song I was trying to think of before we like start start. It's called "Institutionalized 2014" because it's a remake. Of another song by Suicidal Tendencies, but they put in their own lyrics, and I'll tell you more about that after the show, I guess. I guess. It's pretty fucking funny. Oh, and I also forgot to mention that on our playlist for the trip, I also put some Chowder Man from Kevin No Space Outlaw, which is all by Hot Dad, so... That was pretty good. How many DILFs are in this fandom? Oh my god, I already told you about Hot Dad. You know, okay, Hot Dad has nothing to do with Zeno. <laughs> no. Alright, fine. <laughs> Be like that. Actually, I I think I, I sent you one of Hot Dad's songs, like, before we moved in. Because I was saying I really like this cover. And then I, like, found it. And it was by Hot Dad. Uh, I, I have, I have one song. blank piece of paper that says okay. Phallic Shot of Onion Ship, CF Flower Pot Ship in Zeno Gears. I, I no definitely idea. know which ship that is. I have no idea if you hot dad. <laughs> oh, uh, hot dad? He did granny granny cream hot butter ice cream. What the fuck? Is that a, is that a song or is that a, a an actual that's, ice cream? That's a song. It's a song. Oh, okay. It's about butter <laughs> ice cream? It's it's a hot butter ice cream that is a fake brand. In the did you see videos of people actually trying to make granny cream the hot butter ice cream? No, I've not. But that it's sounds hilarious <laughs> because people will like, you know, melt their butter on ice cream and then they'll be like, wow, it becomes painful shards, which are delicious and not bad. Um, how does... <clears throat> see... It's called hot butter ice cream, but the way it's described in the song, I thought it was just like ice cream that was actually melted. It's it's hot butter that you pour over ice cream. Oh well, then why is it called hot butter ice cream? Because the hot the butter is hot. Oh my gosh! Okay. You put the hot butter on the ice cream. Watch me, chief. How am I the sober one tonight? I'm yeah, I'm okay. sober. I mean, I'm okay, not there yet. So if it makes the hosts are sober. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm just. It's been a while since I've talked to people besides my, like, the people I live with. So, um. Fair. You're drunk on people. 
Drunk uh, on yeah, people. I'm high on life and drunk on people. It's not a bad people. thing to be. Wait a minute, are you serious? Right. I played the 10-hour okay. loop of Granny Cream Hot Butter Ice Cream at my previous job, and uh, I was asked to never play music again. Oh. Wait, for I everyone? Uh, just for the group that I was working with, so about three people, self-included. I don't think they loop. were wrong to object. Those people will never reclaim part of their life that they lost. Uh, they yeah. weren't going to reclaim it no matter what I played I just wanted to make sure they understood what was going on in my brain at all times <laughs> what's going once on you hear brain. it you don't stop hearing it yeah basically it's just it's just, just becomes a sleeper agent song that's waiting to be activated no don't know what's going to happen and then it's just granny cream, hot butter, ice cream take the hot yeah. butter, mix it with the ice no, cream heat that, it up, that's cool caramel dancing. on the screen, pour it in I'm put it in sure a microwave, if... make it real hot like a uh, soup or a dip we call I'm, it heat and sip Very I'm, honestly, tasty and I'm gonna mute too. you granny creams <laughs> this is some good Patreon I'm, content I'm honestly not sure if hot dad actually wrote that or if that was like part of some MK Ultra shit that was by hot dad I know it was joking. Okay. <laughs> oh, I I thought it was a genuine question. I'm sorry. <laughs> that the joke was how badly it gets stuck in your head that it's like maybe it's part of a mind control experiment. Uh, oh, if if that was true, then it would have been Carmel Dawson because that made a resurgence this year. Oh, I know. Did it? But really? it made the resurgence where people are like dead listening to it. Justin, did I not dump on you like a half a dozen memes of Carl Dodson? Like, you did, but I didn't realize that it was really like a research. I thought it was no, just, like, it a actually couple people did. Just wow. <laughs> but it was like the 2020 edition where instead of people hopping and dancing, people people were just face down on the floor <laughs> while the house was um, flashing <laughs> bright colors. <laughs> I shouldn't have taken a drink of whiskey before trying to say that, I guess. I can do it when I try! <gasps> How much alcohol is consumed on Xenochat? Um, I think we kind of set a weird precedent with our first watch party. Oh god, yeah. Listen, I'm that. drinking very slowly, it's okay. I'm not even drinking. That's on you guys. That's I'm your not, problem. I'm not drinking either. <laughs> I guess it's because we'll you see. guys are the hosts. If you get water. Drinking. Oh no, trust me, that hasn't stopped me. I've, I've cracked a beer into the mic before. Oh, I'm just, really? I just have came I back I've... from a long trip and I'm tired and need to wind down and this is part of that. I think I've drank on, well, a few times. Yeah. Alright, you guys get to steal some crystal light packets. <laughs> oh no, not the aspartame. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, do you want to attempt this thing? Not bad for me. Can I call for a brief pause? Yes. Sure. Sure. Thank you. Oh. I'm going to call for a brief pause and mute myself. Where did but. my mute button go? Here it is. All right. But. Um. Are we all? Oh, never mind. Or we're, we're keep or recording. We're... Keep recording. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. I got okay. It. There. There's a very large mosquito on my ceiling, and I have no idea where it came from. And now it is really scaring me. Can I just say that Tony is probably the closest character to Sonic in there? Probably. Look at the episode schedule. Alright, so um, we can call Chaos Shadow the Hedgehog? Sure. Oh All right. I, I found a Tony the Hedgehog OC. Oh. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, wow. I gotta check this out. 
That's amazing. I love that he has um, just like a flowing spike of hair over one of his eyes that is apparently... It's kind of crazy. Like, you can do pretty much any name. Should you like your name, then the hedgehog. You'll find art for it. It looks like he dipped his That's hair terrifying. in, like, dark chocolate or something. Hold on, I'm about to do Justin the Hedgehog. Let's see what comes up. Oh gosh, now I'm scared. <laughs> what? Tony the Hedgehog has the power to control Justin the Hedgehog. Oh. Um, that kind of reminds me of like the um, the other echidnas from Knuckles Tribe's attire a little bit. There's a couple of them. Ugh, this is screaming early 2000s. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog oh. just kind of screams it's his original time period. Well, actually, Sonic the Hedgehog screams 1993. Yeah, he, he just kind of screams his, his time period. <laughs> oh, there it is. Wow. This kid, whoever did this last one, was watching a lot of Sonic Underground. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Oh, okay, I'm these. feeling like 2005 deviant art again. <laughs> okay, this last one is a, is a lot more wholesome. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Finally, an actual hedgehog. Just in the apple. Why does this have to happen to me? Wait, what game is HK playing? Uh, uh wait a second. That's not what a. Is it Tails again? Is he? It... I think she's still in Trails in the Sky, so it looks like, um... That's Trails? That's... Uh, no, that's not Trails in the Sky. Oh, no, that's not. That's, um... That doesn't look like Cold Steel, though. Yeah, it doesn't look like Cold Steel, either. Wait, I is, it, is this that, not... uh, that one new... That is it Genshin? Genshin, yeah, it looks... Oh, it probably is. Oh, it's, okay, it is Genshin, Genshin yep. Impact, yeah. I tried to download it on my phone, but it was like, you don't have enough space. I need I to stopped. get it on Switch or something. Well, you need to delete Love Live. I, what? I don't have that. I just. <laughs> the, the, the joke missed the target really badly. Sorry. I'll take it back. I, <laughs> it only works if you know what Love Live is. No, I'm kidding. I don't. <laughs> You don't? I barely know what it is. I know a little bit about oh, God. it. Oh, I'm very surprised you don't or have never heard I've of it. I've heard of it, but I don't know what it... I've heard the name. Okay. It. It's an idol anime. It, no, yeah. it's a rhythm game yeah, that, tur- right. that turned into... That is about nine playable characters, which technically each one of them... Uh, there, there's something about, like combining them to get better bonuses etc etc et apparently uh if you have too many of them they have to cannibalize each other oh um but anyways what? um but besides that mechanic um all i know is that it's um it got an anime very soon after the app dropped and um there was some ridiculous argument about the rights that um when the english version of the game dropped for ios and android the anime did not drop for at least a year which means that it was actually a pathetic flop in the english dub and i used to know a few people who had actually broken their phones playing love live that's how addicted they were holy crap 
Yeah. If they're breaking their phone playing Love Live, they're doing something ridiculously wrong. You shouldn't be well, breaking they downloaded both the English version and the Japanese version, which both of them take up a hell of a lot of space. But then again, mm. this was back when like iPhone 4 was the shit. Oh, I thought you mean broke as in, like, they punched their screen too hard with, like, their no, fingers. No, they actually deadened parts of the screen playing Love Live. The, the rhythm was too much. <laughs> That's, like, back yeah, in the day Also, if OG I ever agents. have to hear that fucking tambourine ever again, I'm gonna go postal. I have to question some of the people you hung out with. I mean, don't we all? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, to, to yeah, some degree. not wrong. True. <laughs> This is what happens when you have a bachelor's degree in weebology. <laughs> Fair enough. Ah, jeez! Cool. Oh, welcome back. Back. All right. Now, no, we just cut everything between um, you leaving and you coming back. It could be bloopers. What horrible thing was said. Oh no. Evangelion. I was hoping it was um. Whenever you said "Welcome, Brack," I was hoping Brack from the Brack Show, starring <laughs> Brack, was here. <laughs> I, I wish I could do a Brack impression, but I sadly can't. Boy, that movie sure looked good. Oh, it's coming to my neighborhood. Uh, Is that close enough? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> I don't really want to do this. Um, and Frick, Elsa that has to go got into close. the heavenly car. Frick, what are they? that bastard go? The, the mosquito? Yes, that mosquito. I don't know. Well, it flew right at me. Bastard. <sighs> it's probably gonna poke another hole in my face. Gonna turn into a sponge. This is not a horror podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can cut it that. It is October. <laughs> uh, I listened to that one episode of the Magnus Archives with all the, um, the oh, mosquitoes. mosquitoes yeah. That was gross. Did you see that video of mosquitoes exploding? No, I don't want to. Okay. Oh, there you are. Send that to me. <laughs> I want to see this. I'll, I'll, no. I'll find it later. I'll just send it to you. Don't worry. Oh my god. Yeah. So that I, I would not make something like that. So. That's, that's a fun blooper. Want to see mosquitoes explode? <laughs> I want to know nothing about mosquitoes. I just want them dead. Okay. All right. So get out. All right. So back to episode eleven with the peaches. Okay. Good job.